Andy, what are your thoughts on jazz festivals? Uh, yes, so there, there's a, this is an apropos question because I just mentioned to Amelia the, the Rochester National Jazz Fest started uh, uh, two days ago here as we record. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so the it, my local indie theater is like right in the heart of where all that is. So like I when I went to see Asteroid City, I did not realize that like oh there's gonna be like street closures and like it's gonna be hard to find parking because of the jazz uh, they're gonna be selling ribs in the parking lot. yes and they were <laughs> selling ribs in the parking lot so i pre-ordered pizza and then was like oh i should have just gotten the ribs in the parking lot um uh but uh my thoughts on jazz festivals in general uh you know they're fun there's like especially like here like they really like there's a lot of music everywhere like there's a lot of outdoor mm-hmm. shows there's a lot of like free stuff I don't really make it a point to attend a ton of stuff in general when it's happening. Usually, it used to be when my fam, my you know, like when I was younger and living with my family, we'd sometimes we'd all go out to some free shows and stuff. Uh, but now that I'm living like right around the corner from where it is, maybe I will go wander around and see some stuff. Um, what are your thoughts on jazz? You know, jazz Whoa. like it's not <laughs> like I'm never drawn to like listen to like real jazz like. It's not something where I'm like, oh, like I'm getting a so like I'm getting all out of this that like a person is able to get out of it. Like I don't feel <laughs> super capable of like fully appreciating jazz, but I certainly do like respect it uh, and think it's like you know it's obviously sure. like, an incredibly important American art I guess, form. Yeah. Like. I guess I also <laughs> don't know what the like character of the Rochester Jazz Festival is because I feel like there's some sure. jazz festivals where it's like only jazz all jazz it's, and it's somewhere not it's that. like there's okay yeah, they, yeah. They, like like i think they had like a steve martin show at one year like with with his banjo sure. like yeah i think bonnie mm-hmm. Raitt's one of the big shows this year that's sold out like it's yeah. not like okay pure jazz artists although there's i think plenty of actual jazz at the various venues trombone yeah. shorty is always a big uh big Whoa, does a, does sure. a big free show every yeah year. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I uh I went to the uh, the Foo Fighters did a big July Fourth show at RFK Stadium once that uh, Trombone Shorty was on the bill for. That was a crazy bill. That's why I've seen LL Cool J live in concert. Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined by... Andy Germuga. Colin Ashley. Emilio... Yeah. What is this? <laughs> That's fine. That's allowed, I feel. I, I thought that you were going to yodel like people might, might do in Asteroid City. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like Dwight. That would have been yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Asteroid City. You right. just heard the dulcet tones of our guest, Jack Reed. Hi. Returning uh, champion. Yeah. 
Uh huh. Yeah. How's it going? I yeah. What what is this? What number is this for me? That's an interesting Five, con- uh, question. I, I, we definitely discussed this the last time you were here. I feel like. Yeah. Right. Um, you I feel like I feel like once you bag. show up, right. you have to. I feel like once you've been on a number of times, any show you have to. Um, right. It, Palm Springs, right. Manktacular, uh, Sundance 2021, mm-hmm. Power of the Dog, Power of the Dog, Allison Williams, Allison Williams, six, six, six. wow, Rarefied Air. Mm-hmm. I think what yeah. an honor it is for you to be back. All right, on Canada. all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I said, did I? I sound, I, I sound, re- I probably sound really tired um, compared to Allison. <laughs> Yeah, there's um, been a big life so, change for so, Jack since last time he was on that we don't have to discuss. But yeah, we can't. Yeah. It's, it's, it's normal. Um, but I. But it's yeah. Um, you're now you're now taking care of can of of Lou Reed. Can we say that? Yeah, yeah, you can say, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I. Yeah. You know, it's funny. For a while, I um, was not gonna like say his name anywhere right. like, mm-hmm. on, on Twitter. Or uh-huh. whatever, but I was like, I have no sort of like presence. I don't care about this. Um, sure. So yeah, I'm taking care of um, a baby that I who, to whom I am father, um, mm-hmm. and he's great. I'm actually in his nursery right now. He's not here, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but he he's, the he's banned. He's not allowed on the. <laughs> he's not. No, he would. <laughs> y'all, y'all, he's he's crawling. Uh, well, he's not crawling. He's like any day now. But we've been saying any day now for a while. Um, but he he couldn't be here. He, at one point, maybe he could have like a couple months ago, but. He is now really into making this sound like ah, ah, like over and over again. So he is mm-hmm. not in the house right now. Um, sure. But my his nursery used to be my my office, um, my home office, and now it's his nursery. But it's good because, um, as was pointed out um, before the record, um, he had, he has a big cactus on the wall, um, yeah. which felt very apropos mm-hmm. for Asteroid City. So this cactus yeah. is right behind me. In and a I look- year. You're gonna have to be like, all right, bud. We're taking down the canvas and putting up a ninja so that we can talk about Vineland. <laughs> in a year, you yeah. think it's coming out in a year? <laughs> yeah, that's probably, yeah. That's that's a lot of problems with what Jesse just said. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's. Our yeah, dead I don't think that's had zero idea <laughs> what uh, where ninjas was gonna take. I was, I was yeah, like, I had. To, I had to think out. I was like, when we, when we do a Chris Farley <laughs> miniseries, <laughs> yeah. When we do, you know, Christmas. <laughs> uh, but we had Jack on for Black Sheep. Oh no. <laughs> um, well, there's yeah, gonna no, the be. Motif I mean, gonna there's gonna be a huge revelation when we do Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <Really gargantuan. laughs> um. Yeah. Thanks for having me back, guys, for a movie that. Yeah. Welcome. I so really glad to have you. Love. Uh, a lot so much that i took time out of my life being a dad to go see it a second time last night because i hell yeah um, a lot of, a lot of folks doing that a lot of folks do yep, it around yeah two i also well, yeah. a second time last night yeah it's uh it's quite a movie it is maybe uh, is... maybe we can leave our little break here because i right. think we're gonna have to cut in with uh our first little bit of TIFF news and yeah, maybe yeah. some other the, the, stuff. The film festival analysis you come to this podcast for. All right. We're here for the promised news update. We said that we would have uh, some stuff from TIFF. We've got a little more. But let's just start with the one that is uh, relevant to the topic at hand, which is that 
Later on in this episode, you will hear uh, our guest, Jack Reed, who is not with us at the moment, say that uh, Wes Anderson's next film will be a father-daughter film starring Michael Sarah. Uh, and that was close. Michael Sarah is in it, and it is a father-daughter film. Uh, but Anderson, I believe later that day, did mm-hmm. an interview where he said that Benicio Del Toro is the lead of the film and will be in every shot, I think he said. Yeah. Uh, it's also like a spy thing. And he was like, it's weirdly dark for me. So, awesome. I don't know. Interesting. Very exciting. Yeah. In every shot of it, it's crazy. Sounds a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, we'll see. What but that you know, means. it's like in Asteroid City. There's that guy with the hat, the sunglasses. He's in like every shot too. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Maybe there'll be some yeah, split screen. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, I don't know if I. I think Jack did also say, and I don't know if I'm blowing up his spot. That Sarah is the villain. Whoa! I didn't. I didn't hear this. I believe that's what he said. That's really good. Uh, yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. Uh, but now we've got uh, our first announcement for the uh, the 2023 <sighs> Toronto International Film Festival. Maybe I'll just start by saying, uh. You know, Andy's not here, and this might be a slightly different discussion if you were, but certainly for me, these early announcements, which they did last year, it was like two or three a week, and it went on for way too long, and you got Mm -hmm. sick of the eyes emojis. They're not for me. I did not see a single movie that was announced early at the festival last year. Do you remember what they were at all? Yeah, I mean, some of them were good. The first one was... The Fablemans was the last one. Sure, sure, sure. And so, like, that was... Maybe they'll save a big thing for last. And, like, there are other good movies. Like, the first one last year was Glass Onion, which I did end up thinking was pretty good. Catherine called Birdie was also towards the end, which is the one that I, like, was trying to fit into my schedule but didn't. Um, But, yeah. This is, like... This is how they draw their crowd. Yes. Which, all that is to say, their first announcement is uh, Next Goal wins the long-delayed Taika Waititi film starring Michael Fassbender, shot, like, years before he made Thor 4. (laughs) Yeah, it's like... Uh, which was originally you know, shot with Army Hammer. Of course, who was replaced Will by Arnett. Will Arnett, <laughs> which is a really funny pivot. Um, and yeah, I can't imagine seeing this movie ever. Uh, I can't imagine it will be good. But like, also, they have the world premiere of it. And Taika Waititi is one of a very short list of like celebrity directors so anyone people's choice yeah yeah. for Jojo Rabbit so like whether or not the movie ends up being received well which is pretty iffy at this point uh undeniably I think uh I don't want to say a coup because I doubt that like even Telluride and certainly not Venice were like fighting for this movie but like it's what they want, uh, and it will do what they want for them, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Uh, and there will be plenty of other announcements that uh, are more exciting for people who are not excited by this one. The uh, excuse me, the um, 
I believe uh, July 19th is the date for getting uh, all of the uh, the galas and special presentations, or at least the, the bulk of them. And then uh, they are generally on an earlier schedule this year because we're going to have a schedule by on August 15th, uh, which is like a week and a half before a week, a week and a half before usual. Uh, so that'll be nice, and we will, con- you know, I guess we'll need to have a discussion about, like, do we wait to record until they've done all their announcements every week, or we do we just allow ourselves to be behind? Because was it actually worth not recording until now to talk about uh, next goal wins? Eh. Uh but you know, maybe it, 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 I guess it depends on the movie, right? Because you know, if, I guess if there is something Fableman's then caliber, wanna, yeah, you know, I mean, we'll probably yeah. do what we, you know, just be like, well, there'll be a lot of like, and maybe something else, and then we might cut in or we might uh, just not, you know, I don't know if this is interesting. We probably could have <laughs> talked about this off mic, <laughs> um. But anyway, I do have, and this will relate to an episode that uh, we'll be recording soon and will be out in a couple weeks where we'll Uh-oh. start. I think uh, I know what this is. <laughs> huh? Go ahead, Wait, go ahead. Go I was ahead. just going to say, we're going to start, uh, we're, we're going to do a more in-depth uh, preview of what Venice looks like soon, but... Uh, a little update on some of those potential titles, uh, which I suppose I'll have to flag for Andy just so that uh, he's not unduly uninformed on uh, some of the options when we get to the draft that we'll be doing. Uh, But we'll start... uh, Let's see. So I've got three uh, things that there's been somewhat of an update on. Uh, Christy Pui's film MMXX had a surprise premiere at the Transylvania International Film Festival uh, a couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, he's, of course, the uh, the director of Malmkrog, Sierra Nevada, highly anticipated film. I d- you know, it that is in Romania, so even if it didn't have the, like, surprise element, it would not necessarily take it out of the conversation to premiere uh, at Venice. Not that I necessarily would have expected it in competition anyway. He was, uh, I think we've talked about many times, he was almost on the jury in 2020 and then uh, was not uh, because he is not a fan of masks. Uh, I was I I had seen that this was going to happen. I just saw someone tweet like, "Oh, it's uh, they're surprised putting out the Christy Puyu film," but then nothing popped up on Letterbox. So I was like, "Oh, maybe this is just a festival that like no one goes to, or maybe no one saw." It. But then I realized that uh, Letterbox has been uh, keeping the reviews off of the main page so there are if you look there are several uh reviews and some ratings uh mostly in english and it's about what you would expect for a christy puyu film uh some big fans some people who think it's boring as shit uh i will be seated 
whenever I have the opportunity. Uh, Lucretia Martel, who gave an interview with the film stage, uh, had some some uh, a few comments about the infamous Joker win. Uh, yeah, did also. I was just gonna say that it's it's funny that we, it's been a like a topic of conversation for so long that she picked Joker out of spite or whatever, <laughs> um, and uh, her talking about you know whatever Black Widow was the one she was supposed to direct and like talking about that it sounded bad <laughs> right it really she's funny. like the marvel movies they all sound awful uh, yeah, she was like i watched music. one on a plane and was shocked by how awful it sounded yeah um yeah uh supposed to direct is how the interview framed it i don't think that's accurate she was like one of like 30 people yeah, who got, they yeah, brought they, in, like, took, she took yeah, a meeting my memory um but yeah, it, and you know, it was also funny. She was like, "Oh yeah, I mean, like cheap, like streaming B movies will absolutely go out to Latin American directors all the time because they think they get them to work for cheap." I probably could have made like a cheap Amazon movie or whatever if I wanted to. Yeah. Um. But anyway, she did also b- provide a a brief uh update on Chocobar, the documentary that she's been working on uh, forever, which was basically just like, uh, I'm still working on it. It's not done yet, which makes me assume we will not see it this year uh, yet again. Uh, And then Frederick Wiseman, uh, you know, we've been uh, tracking that uh, it's been a big... Uh, 12 months for uh, documentaries and competition and thinking about who might be able to make a splash at Venice. He's perhaps one of the obvious people has been in Venice competition was last year with uh, a couple, his uh, fiction ish film, uh, but has also been in competition with documentaries uh, and his the restaurant movie now has a release date in France for December, so I presumably that means will be premiering in the fall, not yeah. necessarily at Venice and not necessarily in competition. He, you know, I think the last few movies have. I think Ex Libris is the only recent documentary that was in competition, and then, like, he's been out of competition, he's premiered it. Tell you right, I think, maybe TIFF, so plenty of options on the table there, uh, and perhaps not the only documentary oh, that... The... Where does Frederick Whiteman live? I believe live? he lives in Paris yeah. now. Sure, 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 sure. For a, sure, a, a, sure. a good amount, I think, he's been there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know how long he's spent in the States previously when he was uh, shooting yeah. documentaries here, but yeah. Uh, and then I really... What else did I want to talk about? Uh... Let's just let's just I one more thing. I do have a take also uh prompted by a little bit of news that uh 
slipped under the radar. I can't even remember if we mentioned. I was vaguely aware that Neon had acquired Eileen, the uh, William Oldroyd film uh, with Thomas and McKenzie and Anne Hathaway uh, that premiered at Sundance. And they announced it's going to be released December 1st and wide December 8th. And my take is, under no circumstances should a Sundance movie ever be released after the summer. That's funny. Uh, I think just never. Don't. Why would you do that? I Initially, when I wrote this down, I was going to say, unless you think it will get nominated for Oscars. <laughs> but I don't even think... If it's actually... Like, that happens so rarely that, like, if it actually has that juice, it will just happen. Like, I think... Past Lives very well could, that probably will be the Sundance movie that has a little bit of energy at the Oscars and, you know, they put that out this month and uh, A24 is doing their weird platform, no one knows when they're going to get to see it thing, but uh, I think it will last into the fall just fine, uh, people are digging it. Yeah, people I mean, are definitely seeing it and enjoying it. And also, yeah. like, and, and you know, like, Eileen yeah. is not going to be an Oscar thing yeah. under any circumstances, whether they release it in, you know, December or August. It just, it's silly. Like, you're going to just, it is a, yeah, yeah. you know, there's already, like, the movies that are for adults are all coming out in the yeah, fall. Yeah, passages... Like, Right, I just mean, like, if you have one that is a Sundance movie, then, like, you've been out for a while. Just <laughs> get it out there while the field is not as crowded uh, yeah. and hope that people see it then. Yeah. Um, I, I guess here might be a possible exception to the rule you just made. But as we talked about in the past, Sundance is a big place for horror sure. movies. Which, you know, t- they typically like to come uh, around yeah, Halloween. That's a reasonable exception. If you've got a big... I mean, I don't know. Like, some of those have done well in the spring. You know, like Hereditary. Sure, like, I think the... Uh, you think, June, yeah. But yes, if you, if you feel like uh, you've got a, a big Halloween thing, then, like, yeah. sure, do that. And, you know, like, I feel like the big horror thing this year was A24 had... Uh, is it talk to me or whatever oh, one sure, the yes. YouTubers yeah. did? Like that's coming out in July, so you can. But the summer is also a perfectly time, fine time to put out a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Because I generally agree with you. Where it's like I feel like every year we go through like the like oh what's happening to like art house distribution or like art house theaters like, but it's also every year. Every single art house movie comes out within right. a three month span, and then the rest yeah. of the year there's nothing. And it's like, sure, uh, of course these are gonna be like weirdly dying if nobody wants to put out movies for yeah, nine months a year. You just yeah. gotta put them out. And like again, I think we've talked about like I think there are distributors that are starting to be more adventurous about this. We're gonna see passages in August. Uh, a fire is coming out in July. Yeah, so we'll you know we. We'll see how uh, Janice does with that. Uh, something that I feel like is maybe a little like 
a pixel movie maybe doesn't need the slow burn that they've been doing as much as like yo or no bears or like drive my car that worked really well for i feel like a pixel movie you maybe just throw out a little faster so we'll see yeah. how that goes but yeah like they yeah sunday <laughs> it is just like it seems so silly because like it's not like they're even stop being american independent movies like those premiere at tiff too like just yeah. get them off your hands before these other festivals happen yeah yeah i guess mate i guess well not even, because I was going to say, maybe there's a world where Neon is aware of everything that will be at, like, Tiff and Venice, and they're just like, there's nothing there, so we just need a late year thing. But they also have the Palm the Ore winner and the Grand right. Prix winner. So it's like, they have other yeah. movies. Yeah. Which, you know, because they're Neon, those might be, like, ten people will see them in December, and then no one else will see them until February. Yeah, sure. Yeah, neon's really—they—they're a mess. They're—I feel like A twenty four is like starting to get it back together, even though the the actual release rollouts are like a little stop and starty. Like they're feeling a little bit less like incoherent than they were a year, even six months ago. Neon's like, what are we doing here? I mean, A24 is just like, it, it is clear with them, the movies right. that they think yes. will make money and we're going to pull our full, full force behind and then there are yeah. the movies which... And it they doesn't always not. work. Like, they tossed out Bo is Afraid no. into a thousand theaters or whatever and that pretty much got rejected. Uh, what a yeah. silly movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's crazy that they did that for that movie. Yeah. Still, still have I mean, not seen it's worth uh, it. Yeah, yeah I, I respect it, certainly. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll I, oh, watch yeah, it I at some point. I respect it much certainly. more than I respect his other movies. Uh, but it's pretty silly. Um, but yeah, that... Uh... I mean, I feel like Eight Mountains had like some juice relative to what Eight Mountains sure. is. That picked up a little bit, because that was... For no, Eight Mountains was Janice. Yep. That's Janice? Okay, sure. The, what's their most recent Neon thing? I guess I, I have no idea. Neon. No. I'll, I'll look it up. Uh, okay. Should not uh, have just yep. Googled Neon. <laughs> <Classic>. <laughs> Eight Mountains has... Oh, uh, Black Pipeline. Oh, yeah, sure. that was a little bit. I guess I have no concept like... of if that made money or not. I don't... I, or or like what? Type yeah, that of, one is like that out like April or whatever. It's, it was April. Yeah, they put but, out Sanctuary. That was like I heard about like that one a lot. Around, around and, but these are both uh, like TIFF movies. That right, they just sat on for like half a year. Yeah, or it's like yes. they could have got those out earlier. Yeah. They could have got them out last year and like yeah. Infinity uh, Pool, uh, uh, Pacifiction, yeah. Pacifiction's Grasshopper, Grasshopper of course. Uh, yeah, sure. They have an old boy re-release that I think yeah, that's is that right coming now? out. That's is that out August now? is the plan yeah. for that. That's August. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, I don't know. So... Yeah, I guess I don't know what they're up to. But uh, yeah, they they've have got a, a bunch of, movies, of so... you know they picked out a bunch of canned stuff. They've got like we said the uh, the trie and the they also have Rohrbacher and yeah. We'll see. 
I think. Um, yeah. Well, when did we when did Triangle of Sadness come out last year? Like October. Sure. So yeah, I guess they they must there must be something that they will give that like a like more like uh firm like fall people will see it before the year is over and then maybe it's an anime of so, fall yeah it could be that could get that slot uh maybe because moon age daydream felt like something that they were trying hard to push and i, I was, don't know if that was successful at uh, all yeah i can probably just say that uh, i was at uh a screening at TIFF where there were people who worked at Neon sitting behind me and they were so mad that after a week the Avatar re-release was going to take IMAX screens away from Moon Age Daydream. They That's were like, funny. come on, this could play for weeks and be a huge <laughs> IMAX hit. <laughs> That's really funny. Because uh, they yeah. played it on the big, whatever, like the Cinesphere, is that what it's called? I think so, yeah. They played that and they also played Us last year. Or uh, Nope last year. Yeah, with, um, uh, yeah, they had Peel there and someone else on the maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, we we will certainly be curious to see what TIFF looks like. I guess the other thing I had written down is it is just, like, interest i it'll be interesting to see like what other world premieres they get like there isn't like a big get like fablemans this year for anyone really like the the closest thing is probably dune 2 which the buzz there i feel like there have been a few articles in like variety and other places saying like they maybe want to do a festival premiere, but not super early, which I assume means it'll be like in that uh, NIF spotlight. Yeah. Uh, like it, the first one was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess considering the release date, the get was Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, right. Can yes. got it instead of exactly. all of the fall festivals getting and it. And like, well, you know, we'll see if like there's even jockeying for like who gets the North American premiere of that. Like, I, I would, I would bet New York just because. Right. Of I wouldn't be surprised if it's like the opening film at New York, but I also, they just seem to care much less about premiere status and i would imagine that we'll be heading even further in that direction now that it's just dennis Lim and not eugene hernandez but yeah. like last year it was like white noise was a north american premiere but that could very well just be because like uh netflix had no interest in taking it to tiff and then like all the beauty and the bloodshed played everywhere before it was the centerpiece and discover uh, uh the inspection was a discovery premiere at toronto so like it see it, you know it seems like it's more like they don't necessarily care about it for those slots like they ended up with world premieres of uh till and she said but they just like threw those into the spotlight section which it makes sense for them to just keep doing of like if a studio feels like it's easier to just like hold the premiere until you know a little later do it in new york like sure you can have a spot and like you know if 
if David Fincher is like, I want to premiere The Killer as the opening film again, like I did with Gone Girl, I wouldn't imagine that they'll say no. Yeah. But it seems like we're past I've... the, like, a few big movies hold out for one of those spot, uh, gala slots. I feel like the Fincher might be the get this year, but that just feels like a Venice movie. Right, it's kind of the get, but also, like, I could see that movie just being, like, low-key and, you know, like, just, like, showing up on Netflix and people being like, yeah, that's all right. Like, I, it's, I don't, I wonder what a reception, a film festival reception to Mink would have been. Uh... I guess. I guess this one to me is just like it seems like a return to form of just like what people want from David sure, Fincher. So I guess like action. Like, yeah, but like yeah. more in the like girl with the dragon tattoo way than like the ones that have been like huge deal. Like even yeah, more than that yeah. than like Gone Girl, but like certainly more than like Zodiac or Social Network, which are like the ones that like feel like big deals. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe sure. we can have uh, more of a discussion about like what those gala slots at New York might look like, what other world premieres TIFF might uh, be getting. Like, I think they'll still do fine, and then like what the big uh, Hollywood things. Advent- I mean, like I get it is kind of Netflix because I feel like Maestro could be the other like that's kind of a get, and I could see that going in a lot of. Yeah, like it's easy. It I can certainly imagine Tiff kind of pulling out all the spots. Well, yeah, I can also Star imagine Born, sure. uh, Venice being like, "We'll put you in competition this time." <laughs> uh, but then there's also been some uh, buzz that they've been like testing it a bunch of times and it doesn't really work. So we'll see. Maybe I, I was gonna say also New York Film yeah. Festival had the argument of we could premiere it at the halls <laughs> in which Leonard Bernstein yeah. used to play. Yeah, there's lots of, lots of. Also, like Telluride will be uh, feisty this year because it's their fiftieth anniversary or something like that, and they they added an extra day. They're gonna, so we'll we'll see. Uh, like Not- Telluride, I feel like looked. <laughs> Telluride's gonna be so spicy. <laughs> I said feisty. Feisty. Sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> You know. Uh, also, you talked about the P- Puyu, and I do think Locarno is announcing yes, Locarno next week. Locarno is announcing on July fifth, so we will record our Venice draft before <laughs> that, which seems reasonable because we we also might start getting like a Venice opening film soon. But yeah, we'll have we'll have an update on uh, what is at Locarno and certainly that feels uh very in play there sure I mean this has sort of been a discussion about like world premiere jockeying I did read a little bit of the interview that uh I forget his name gave recently who's the tiff guy I forget his name Cameron Bailey, yeah, he gave for, I think, IndieWire, in which he sort of described, like, the opposite of what we've been perceiving, where he's been like, oh, we've been a little less competitive with each other recently. I think the pandemic mellowed us out, and we don't have as sharp elbows anymore. Well, I can see how he would think that, because he seems kind of happy to just be like, eh, I just won't show a bunch of good movies, uh... 
end, it'll be fine because I'll have like five huge red carpet things. Uh, you know, he just seems bad at his job. Uh, everyone else, I think, seems to be still uh, doing some strong work. And like, also, like, clearly, I feel like Venice, like uh, Alberto Barbero, is like kind of mad about uh, Fableman's. Like, even publicly, he was like, uh, "I didn't know it was even an option to premiere at a film <laughs> festival. I would have loved to get a heads up so that we could have the conversation." Um, yeah. Speaking of interviews, I did just going back to Frumo. Apparently, uh, Lisandro Alonso uh, does an interview in the new Cinemascope where he reiterates that he is uh, very pissed off that they put his movie in Cannes premiere. Yeah. Uh, so uh, check that out when uh, your Cinemascope issue arrives or when it uh, pops up online. But with that, I think we can cut back to Asteroid City. Should we talk a little bit about its premiere at Cannes? Maybe. I uh, guess we did. We yeah. did, because Emilio was <laughs> there. Maybe yeah. Maybe I'll just start by doing the this is what the movie is, because yeah. if you're only, you know, we're certainly not going to be uh, cautious of spoilers, and no. if you have only seen trailers for this movie, there are certainly... Right. Things you are missing. Yeah. Um, Quite. Yeah. So the, They've only been in the very center of the film. You haven't seen any of the hour yes. layers. Yeah. So, so the... Um, but but also you're missing a lot about what happens in that center. Uh, so sure. the... Uh, I guess the center of the movie is um, Jason Schwartzman. Augie Steenbeck has recently lost his wife. Uh, and he's taking his son to a junior stargazer convention, which is like a teen academic conference uh, yeah. in Asteroid City. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is a famous actress who is there with her daughter. Midge uh, Campbell. Yes, Midge Campbell. That's right. And uh, yeah, they... They form a connection, as do their children. We uh, we meet many other people who are here at this stargazing convention. Uh, yeah, there's like there's five teens basically who are all winning. Yeah, yeah. and then their uh -huh. parents, and, and then, then um, yeah, and then the military parents, is and there. And the military scientists and also are, like, a group it. of yeah, uh, a musician yeah, group. There's a, band. There's a, yeah, there's the musicians led by Rupert Friend, the and hotel, then there's the, the hospitality. There's a lot of field trip in it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Tell that Steve Carell runs, and then there's the group of children that Maya yes. Hawk has brought. The uh, but the actual plot children. of this section, less than the convention, is that uh, relatively early on, uh, an alien appears and takes the uh, the asteroid, the titular asteroid of the city, uh, mm. and they are quarantined. And but yes. then the other thing that is happening is that the beginning of the movie is not this. You begin with Brian Cranston telling you that Asteroid City is a play, it's an and you are about to right see. Now. Yeah, you are about to see in. I forget what the word he uses, but I think an approximation yeah. of what it basically what it was like to produce theater 
in the United right. States in the middle of the 20th century. Yeah. Uh, so this play is written by uh, Conrad Earp, played by Edward Norton. Uh, and we get some scenes. We get a scene where uh, we see Jason Schwartzman's character getting cast, where we see yeah. uh, Scarlett Johansson's character being convinced to return uh, after getting yelled at by the director, who's played by Adrian Brody. Uh, and so, yeah, that is certainly not the bulk of the runtime, but is yeah. very uh, a lot of what's going on. And so it's that's the stuff the sort too. Of... Oh, sorry. Good. Good. I was. I was just saying, gonna that's say that's the sort of general shape yeah. of the movie. And that stuff too, the like Playhouse '90s stuff hosted by Cranston, all that seems to be what most people's like takeaways are. Like, there's the the stuff in Asteroid City, but I find that like. And I didn't know about any of that stuff. I don't know about you guys, but I didn't yes, know that that was I did not either. Yeah. Um, I knew there was knew... going to be something more just because Emilio was saying, like, yes. there's yeah. stuff that they're not showing us. Yeah. Yes, which I had figured, but I thought it would be yeah. something else. Right. Yeah, and, like, you could see, on I think, on the um, the poster, like, Cranston mm. and There's Norton some characters that are black and white. Black and I was wondering about yeah. that, yeah. I figured some of it was, like, either yeah. set in the past or, or something. I, like, yeah, I was future. like, either I, it's a framing thing yeah. or, like, yeah. maybe they're aliens, which they're not. Yeah. Um, He's very into framing yeah. devices lately, I feel. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, yeah. We, well, I mean, we just talked about Royal Tenenbaums a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and like that. So sure, that is like yeah. a book um, yeah. that is a being book checked out of the library. Yes. Yeah, but the yeah, the last three live action films all have very extensive mm-hmm. fra- framing devices. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Does, doesn't Moonrise Kingdom even have a little bit of like the yeah Bob, Bob Balaban? Balaban. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's, 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 a, he's an Ursat's narrator. Okay, he's more yeah. just a narrator. Okay. Right. Um, There's certainly no, like... I mean, it, it, it has yeah. its... You know, uh, it, it, sure. it diverts into certain stylistic flourishes, mm-hmm. but it's definitely but, not, like, yeah. a Moon true, Ra- like, yeah. structure piece. Moonrise like, Kingdom exactly. is not its own work of art. With his yes, exactly, yes, yeah. exactly. And, and Fox well, is also, like, in the book, too. He does that there, too. Um, it is... There is actually a bit of it, because, like... There's the the mystery of like Moonrise Kingdom and like how it sort of gets washed off the map after the right. big storm. That's a whole different. We don't need to get into the ins and outs of Moonrise yeah, Kingdom. Well, great movie though. Kingdom I mean, it's. I think it's of, his best. We don't need to. I I you know I kind of underrated it for the longest time and then I watched it again um, on a plane back from um, Finland last year or wherever. I was a long plane ride back from Scandinavia yeah. and I was just like I need like something comfortable and I rewatched it and I was like Moonrise Kingdom is uh should have won best picture. <laughs> Yeah, um, this is, I think, maybe I'll take a brief second, if I may, to set the record straight on the French Dispatch. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I watched yesterday night. So, okay, so, famously, we had our episode, uh, The France Tacular, (laughs) where we talked about Bruno Dumont's France and and the French Dispatch. And not not French Exit. Yeah, well, yeah, and we did. Yeah. Well, I, I guess that we had talked about that at NIF the year of previous, of course, because uh, it was part of uh, that first digital, you know, yeah. festival yeah. wave, right? <clears throat> and I probably, I, I haven't listened back. I'm very uh, self conscious about things that I've said on the podcast, um, and 
just I, I rewatched it, you know, in my head I didn't like it at the time. Mm-hmm. I found the structure a bit annoying. Uh, I had sort of since then, since watching the French Dispatch at the end of 2021, rediscovered my sort of love of Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, realized that he's like, obviously, there's a lot of conversations about him these days. He's getting yeah. a new movie out. He uh, is maybe like one of the last uh, true American artists, like making things yeah. on a grand scale. The fact that this is like put out by Focus Features. Yeah. Relatively widely, like it was. At yeah. my Push, I mean, we yeah, I, I do want to talk about this. Yeah, it's um, Sunday when we're recording. It's done quite well, honestly. Which well, is yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, but but then, uh, so French Dispatch, I I was very like put off by it, mm-hmm. um, and I was like in my head, I I, I rewatched um, Moonrise Kingdom later that year in 2021, yeah. and I was like, you know, I didn't like this at the time, but now with some distance, mm-hmm. yada yada, I sort of recognized it. And then I've had, like, since then, my own journey with that movie and, like, realizing how truly beautiful it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with French Dispatch, I was like, I need to give it some time. Yeah. Uh, maybe five years. And then with this coming out, there's a lot of talk about, like, if I, you know, we were like, if, I, if you rewatch it and you don't like it, it's going to be, like, really tough to sit through <laughs> Asteroid City. Like, uh, and so I, I rewatched it and... I think it is flawed, but I think, like, very obviously the technical craft. It's the same sort of reaction that I had on a rewatch of Isle of Dogs, which was, like, derided at the time for many reasons. Yeah. Uh, but there is just something you can't deny about his craft at a certain point mm-hmm. where it is, like, at such a level that no one else is even close to operating on, especially, like, in the, like, American, uh, like I mentioned already, uh, but just what he's able to do with French Dispatch and his structure yeah. is, like, befuddling to me. It's like, I can't believe that I, like, didn't understand uh, what the sort of beauty of it was uh, on first glance. But then I just realized that that is, like, Wes Anderson, There, you do need this sort of preliminary viewing to, like, let the aesthetic watch over you, let everything mm-hmm. that is just, like, a fun thing or like a, an, an interesting stylistic flourish uh, happen and then like rediscover like, Oh, there's like many layers to it. And that's why I think like, especially now with Asteroid city, most people like it, at least in my sort of yeah. my circles. Yeah. Uh, but also like Andy said, most people are seeing it again and yeah. again for some reason there's like, and I think it is uh, the peak of a, of a current wave for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely, like, I, the, the thing that I maybe, like, I, I was, I think I was a little surprised when I saw French Dispatch that people didn't, like, go against the can reaction further, uh, and yeah. so then, like, I saw this, and I was like, oh, well, I like this way more than the people at can did, but I don't know if it's gonna, and clearly there is more of a, like, push of like no we love this movie uh which is nice to see yeah it feels like um pretty unambiguously loved or appreciated like even i think that i think the most like minor take i've even seen on it has been like not minor but like this is this is maybe not something i love even even that was just like but that framing device is just like one of the most beautiful things he's done and yada yada like there's a lot of appreciation even amongst people who aren't like heads over heels in love with it i feel whereas like 
Cohen, you were saying like Dispatch is uh, a movie that I really yeah. love, um, and also like for, like ver- for very different reasons in this one, which is which is crazy. Yeah. Cause sure, yes, um, exactly. Yeah, but like that was you know I watched that and that for me was like a reig a reigniting of like my spark for him. Um, which was kind of muted mm-hmm. after Isle of Dogs, which which I didn't like at the time, yeah. but I actually really find I, I find I'm quite fond of now. Um, but Dispatch for me was like, oh, he's like really communicating with himself on something that is, uh, yeah, um, yeah, special and 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 something he hasn't done before. But like, but on a craft level, I still think maybe his best. <laughs> um, like yeah. crazy crazy there is it is a very it's very dense like the, yes. the amount of like animation and stop motion mm-hmm. and yeah. i mean and he does it in in asteroid city as well with yeah. like the introduction of marionettes and obviously uh, everything that he does um yeah i don't know uh well, yeah. where, where where should we go next andy you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, how much money it's making <laughs> no not the not even that but just like how much of a of like a big deal that like the even like the incoming release was like I feel like they yeah. were really like we're all in on this like we're really gonna like market it the trailer's been out for a mm-hmm. while I've been yeah. seeing it in a lot of places mm-hmm. um my local art house like they are like really hyping they made like a little special like in the style of Wes Anderson short to play before the movie that was like oh, welcome to the little like which is named the, you know, mm-hmm. the name of the theater mm-hmm. um yeah. that they're that they're showing uh they're doing like they're doing weekday showtimes all this week which i think might be oh. because of the jazz festival but usually they don't have weekdays uh That's showtimes cool. uh for 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 movies right. um right. Uh, like weekday like... like weekday mornings or afternoons or whatever yeah i um, saw it at, i saw it at 10 a.m. right yeah, these movies make his movies make bajillions of dollars for art house theaters. Like every yeah. time he has a movie, AFI sure, yeah. is like, and we're also gonna show all of his other movies. I guess right. they ha- either be they have. I mean, yeah, yet, but they everywhere has had month. that. Um, everywhere yeah. has been playing Moonrise Kingdom this summer. I feel we got it right. yeah. here at the Bell Court. And um, and in fact, when I went to go see it on Friday, I hadn't secured a ticket, and there was a sign up that said Asteroid City sold out. Uh, and uh-huh. I was like, oh, wow, uh, that wasn't expected. Like, I saw it, it had come close to selling out on Thursday when it opened, but I was like, Friday, there's the Jazz Fest happening, there's probably some yeah. other, like, there's maybe, but it was yeah. this sign-up, and I went in and was like, you don't have any single ticket left? And she's like, some lady, like, her friend didn't show, and she left this so you can have it. Like, so it was oh. like that, like, and it was like a wow. full house. Like, the whole crowd mm-hmm. was, like, full. There was, like, a lot of audience response to it. It mm-hmm. really did, like, it does feel like they they decided that, like, this movie, I don't know if it's just because it has enough movie stars in it or whatever, but they're yeah. like, this is yeah. one that like we can sell to mainstream audiences, mm-hmm. and it seems like people are showing up. And I don't yeah. like, I don't know what the what the long term of it is going to be. Like, I don't know how sure. like mainstream audiences are really responding to it if you're seeing right. it like. I wanted to go see like, it at my Regal last I, night. I I saw it at a Regal out, last so night because. Yeah, I I yeah. needed the uh, the reclining seat, and it was well attended, and That's it good. seemed to be a pretty uh, uh, engaged audience. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know why this one like is the one that is like it is, really. I think it's. I yeah. I mean, I think it's like it's his people first, are ready for it. It's, it's he's only made. It's only his second movie, live action movie since Budapest, which was similarly like yeah, right. a big hit. And I True, think yes. French Dispatch just like 
it was Searchlight, it was 2021, and they yeah. didn't right. have any interest in putting that movie out. And it's a, right. and that's a kind of a weird, not yeah, it, inaccessible, yeah, I think it but it's a strange one. It's tougher yeah. sell right. than And this. I guess, like, yeah, and, like, Budapest was also, like, earlier, it was not, it was early, even earlier in the year than this, than, than Asteroid was City February, was, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Because yes. he did the Berlin Yeah, it was, thing, it was right? like, April or something. Um, yeah. So, and, like, I guess that's maybe, like, and then French Dispatch was, like, in the middle of award season, where there was, like, a lot of other artists yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, a packed award I guess he's, too, yeah. right, it's just that he's, like, so distinctive that, like, when he has the room to stand out as, like, an art house yeah. thing and a ma- more mainstream pitch, like... Mm-hmm people will will come to it like when it is like right. he's right when he's the adult movie of the moment right like when he's the, yeah. the, the, and the I, main option you have i would say that him being back at focus too is um probably sure. a big factor yes. in this because he yeah. what was his last release with focus was it budapest it wasn't isle of dogs no and... budapest is fox search late yeah yeah so i mean it's it's been a minute i it might have been Moonrise. I it think might, yeah. I think you is with maybe. I feel like you is with Fox Searchlight. But it just feels I like know. they. It it feels like Focus is, was ready to get him back. Yes, I think. and yeah, I mean I think Fox is, Searchlight was working very well until I do, I do too Fox until got yeah. by Disney. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's fun. Like I had two two sold out crowds. Um, I mentioned mm-hmm. I, I wanted to go see it in the Regal last night just to see what like that crowd was mm-hmm. like. Um, yeah. But I couldn't get a seat I liked at a time I liked, which was which is a cool problem to have for something like this. So I just mm-hmm. went back to my yeah. my indie and um, yeah. applause both times at one particular moment. Wow! Um, wow! Yeah. Which moment? Well, so the, so people love the alien coming down, but like yeah. there is something about yeah. there is something about the saucer scooting off the screen to right, the, the right the, the spin around <laughs> and then yeah there, there's yeah, something about that yeah. moment that is just like such a great release for people and that's something i really love about this movie is that i feel like his haven't had in a minute um even even stuff i love um in in dispatch and i appreciate isle of dogs is that like this feels really tailored to crowds in a special way. Like the song is such a like let's that's uh-huh. that's like made yeah. to watch in a in a theater with a with an engaged audience. <laughs> yeah. In a way he hasn't had yeah. in a minute. Um, it's very goofy. It's a very silly movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Which rules. I love it. And I love that alien yeah. so much. Uh, yeah. Yeah, everybody does, movie. I think. Yeah. 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 It's a very good design. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would it can, that would just like dead silence, just like I thought it might have been. <laughs> The whole time, I, I, or just I, for that I, scene in particular? That scene in particular. I mean, I, don't, I yeah. guess I don't mean dead silence. I guess is a bad thing to say, but I, I guess sure. just like everybody was just like right. Yeah. It, I, I, I felt the same thing. Right, you feel well, and some of the level of focus increases you know? the audience yeah. as everyone is like, "What is about to happen?" Like it, it really yeah. is truly like yeah. anything yeah. could happen in this moment, yes. and you yeah. like the audience Absolutely. is like waiting to see what it is. Like, yeah. It really feels yeah. like it's his funniest one in a very long time. Like I laugh so, and I laughed at different stuff both nights too. Like it's just tons of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So they definitely. There's a lot of people who are like just in it to be funny. Like Carell yes. certainly. Matt Dillon is just really funny. <laughs> Matt Dillon Dillon is really so good. good. <laughs> they both fit funny because it so does. Well. It does like you are like oh it does just kind of feel like you uh, plopped Jack from the house that Jack built in this movie but it's somehow not malevolent even though yeah. many of his scenes are with uh, Uma Thurman's daughter uh, yeah which he, I did um, not clock until the second he's time. got that line I love like you're you're 
I can't remember what it is, but he's like, your problem is an unrelated third thing we've never seen yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I've yeah. had two issues with this model of car. It's like, uh, the first time it was a small problem. The second time it looks like that. And then, yeah. like, the piece falls out. And then that in and of itself is like, they've got this animatronic little yeah. Yeah. contraption. Or maybe it's puppeteered. I guess I, I don't know exactly. It's, yeah, it's great, But it though, sort of yeah. just... It it's wiggles great, yeah. and steams. It's really funny. Yeah, um, so good. and then he's like, "There's a third thing." <laughs> like, yeah, you've got... he's good. I think uh, I'm so used to seeing Matt Dillon play like, um, like blue collar guys, which this is. But like, I I feel like he's not allowed to be intelligent very often. But if you're in a Wes Anderson <laughs> movie, you're going to be intelligent, yeah, um, sure. and you're going to be good at the stuff you do. And so getting to see him play that is like a nice little treat for a Matt Dillon fan. He's Unless so you're like Rupert Friend, then you're very funny and you're very charming. <laughs> He's, <to hold>. yeah. <laughs> He's so good. I'm glad that there was like when when it was. I mean, it's maybe just whatever conception I have of yeah. Rupert Friend. Where uh, when I was like, oh, he's in a relationship with Maya Hawk. I'm like. And I, in my head, she's supposed to be younger than she actually is in the movie, yeah. and like, there's obviously different things at play. But their stuff is so sweet, and he's yeah. so funny and so it's charming. So charming, yeah. And I love uh, that he doesn't fulfill. Like, I, I love that he's he's got that little speech about the alien. He's just like, you yes. know, he, he, which is so funny, and which is so sweet, and like not what you expect he's gonna say. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, where yeah. he's like. uh He's like, he may not be one of God's creatures, but he is a creature from somewhere. Yeah. Like, so are we. <laughs> it's a really good-hearted movie. Like, no one is... Yes. Even the yes. alien stuff is just, like, we're just we're just confused. Like, the most yeah. violent thing that happens in the movie is Jeffrey Wright, like, holding his gun for a second when the, the saucer is coming down. That, and um, then the standoff, the Schreiber and... Which, uh, oh, okay, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that is more like... Ice, that's, yeah. that's, like, the, you know... Well, but also they're doing yeah. nuclear yeah. tests in the background the whole time. Yeah! And, and there's yeah. a shootout. And there's the a shootout. Time. So yeah, yeah it's bookended. Yeah, bye. And the the shootout happens again, like right in the middle, which I forgot. Um, and I there's I'm, a few. Yeah, no idea what it's about, but it's it reminds me of like so the the this is all staged. Like this is this is all on stage. We're meant to be like as though we're watching it in a theater. Um, and it reminded me of the, the shootout in particular and the like explosion stuff reminds me of like sound testing. Like I used to put together um, mm-hmm. audio for, for shows, um, both ones I've directed and, and other ones. And it's so fun to like th- put some shit together and be like, okay, the, this is how far away the gunshot should sound or like whatever. Um, and each time that stuff like that happens, it's often the background, like very rarely does he take you further into the distance because this is a play and you're supposed to be like focused mm-hmm. on these characters so he can't like actually make you feel involved in the shootout or in the nuclear testing or like whatever um and yeah. it took me a second viewing to really lock into how specific all of that stuff feels uh and how like uh, this is a word i don't really like but um moments that are very like metatextual um uh-huh. or metatheatrical like there's the obvious one like Cranston stepping into the frame, which is so funny. And he's, I want to say, yes. this is, this is what I want out of him. I really like want him to be doing yeah, stuff it's like that. Like, yeah. performance, certainly yeah. in a film. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, he's, he's I mean, tremendous. I guess other than Isle Duck. He's really good. He's, really he's he is great. in Isle. Yeah. I think he's really, but the other him. moment yeah. when, when Augie, Jason Schwartzman burns his hand on the thing and yeah. um uh, Scarlett oh. Johansson's character she's like he actually did it you're like what yeah. you actually and, yeah. you, and it, it took me a minute to be like oh that's the actor in this scene yes. that's mm-hmm. not her that's that she's like wait a minute you yeah. actually burned your hand 
Um, yeah, and, and the, movie the way is that just she like, like looks side to side also is like right. very like yeah. splitting. Well, it's yeah. so good. It's, I, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have like any kind of grand thesis about this movie, but it does like belong on a really special list um, uh-huh. that I think I have maybe talked about on this show before. But it's just, and it, it's happened a lot recently. Like Drive My Car, of course, was like this in very obvious ways, but also French Dispatch, um, mm-hmm. movies that communicate what like both making theater and seeing theater feels like right in because they're they're so different and film doesn't have mistakes right but this is like there are built-in mistakes in this movie that Mm -hmm. are uh, really special um and and really like yeah to to me quite tangible as someone who who makes theater and and Mm -hmm. sees well i haven't seen a lot of it since the pandemic and since becoming Uh a dad but it's like yeah i i love that shit he's so good at that yeah Since you have said the phrase grand thesis, I will Mm -hmm. maybe now say, I went in for the second time. Uh The one kind of thing was I was like, I do not, the the scene towards the end where uh, the actors are all saying you can't uh, wake up if you don't fall asleep. I was like, this feels so central and it is so baffling. It is. I I was not necessarily looking for a... I was not necessarily looking for a meaning. I was more like, cause like I think I I even read like uh, Richard Brody translated a few quotes that yes. Wes I'm Anderson was saying this. in uh, Kaike Du Cinema, where he's basically uh-huh. just like, oh, I'm not necessarily looking for everything to have a clear meaning. I'm fine with something that just works poetically. And so I kind of just yeah. went in being like, I would like to find more of a what the poetic into that yeah. scene is. Yeah. Uh, in this second time. And ultimately did end up sort of forming a grand thesis about the movie, which is that uh, what it feels like the sort of overall shape of the movie is, is uh, when you are creating art, you're communicating people with people and you're hopefully... Uh, communicating with the people who you love and uh, wh- you you can't obviously you can't it's one of the only ways in which you can do that after you die but you don't yeah. know what that's gonna look like and so basically I think what what the movie feels like is Wes Anderson giving this playwright Conrad Earp an opportunity to more directly uh, help his partner through yeah. figuring out grief. And so that scene feels to me like Schwartzman yeah. figuring out that that is what the play is, even though like yes. that doesn't work at all sequentially. Like the, it's not, a it movie doesn't have like, to though. I yeah. Think, it's not know, a movie yeah. that's concerned with sequence in the same yeah. way that like you see like, the play and the production of the play like interacting with each other in ways that don't 100 Mm -hmm. that is what it feels like the sort of whole shape of the thing is to me and how that scene sort of works right well you said something um that i think like this really touches on but i like in in any anyone who makes stuff whether it's like theater or podcast or 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 you write or whatever whatever like Mm -hmm. making stuff makes you feel better about like everything else and and i think that like someone uh, a really good friend of mine one time uh, years ago and it stuck with me was just like you know when i when i write this um she was writing this screenplay that that 
um, never, uh, never got made or anything, but we did a couple read-throughs of it, and she was like, you know, just like doing this makes me feel better about dying, like very casually, and that's what this mm-hmm. feels like mm-hmm. to me. Like whether yeah. it's about your own or somebody else, and mm-hmm. he is so like ca- almost casually obsessed with death. It's in every single yeah. one of his movies, um, yeah, except maybe Bottle Rocket, but it, no, Bottle even Bottle Rocket's got got degrees Someone of does. it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, but it's it's just like all of his movies are it's 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 either mm-hmm. directly in front of your face or far in the background but mm-hmm. they're all and, and he doesn't like we talk about like grief and trauma and stuff as, as like buzzwords mm-hmm. now especially when we talk about like studios that have co-opted um these very human things to turn into like mm-hmm. well this is about this so you know or, or puss in boots has a panic attack so you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna relate to you by hammering it over the head and he doesn't do that really he's never been concerned yeah. with as obvious as he is and as non-interested i think in subtext as he is and by subtext i mean like per character not like or for a character not for the movie itself um because his characters always say what they feel and what they're thinking right but he is just like yeah it is just the most like two two things are certain you're born and you die and they're just always there and it's like when schwartzman when augie is telling the kids about their Mm -hmm. their mom it's just it's not a big thing at all Mm -hmm. and it, Mm -hmm. it is but it's it's not because they have other things they have to do. And so, so Jesse, I really like what you're saying about like this thing that is not really in the, in the movie, but is where like, this is the Schwartzman both in on, on stage in asteroid city and in this, you know, thing, um, this, and, and as an actor, Right. God, what's his his actor's name is really funny. Is it John something? It's no, it's so fucking. It's Jones Hall, which is a really yeah, good Hall. name for it. Yeah, that's great. But you know, like the the, the scene where he's just like, "Am I doing it right?" It, it, it is. Yeah. It's both yeah. like that's... the concern of the actor and right. also yeah. Jesse. Like when I, w- you know, thinking about this the way you put it, it's like. Am I doing it right? Am I serving the character right? But also, am I serving him right? This this person right. who we don't see the full details of their relationship, but obviously they were yeah. important to each other um, right. in an era right. where you where where men could not be openly yeah. uh, in love. Um, and yeah, so I, I that was all. That's a roundabout yeah. way of saying Jesse. I really like your thesis yeah. on, on what this is. Well, yeah, we don't see their full relation. I did mm-hmm. almost get the impression that that first scene we see between them is less them actually meeting and more a cover story created by uh, Brody yeah. and Cranston. So that, yeah, could be. Uh, Norton could cast him. Yeah, yeah. Have that to say scene... real quick, Brody is incredible. In this. Brody's yes. so good. Yeah. Incredible. I yeah, he's really good. Yeah, it is like obviously you want more Hong Chao, but her little scene with him is so good. She'll be back. She'll be back in another West. Yeah, I'm sure. All of the yeah, it sounds like he's doing his next thing at the end of the year, which is crazy. It's it's coming together. Do you guys? Sarah's the lead. He's boom boom booing. Oh right, I did hear Sarah. Sarah. Yeah, that's that's so fun because I feel like at one point Sarah was going to be in this. Sarah was almost the Schwartzman part. Um, which I cannot really imagine. I think this has no. to be Jason Schwartzman for yeah, a million yeah. reasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, Cole. The, um, no, there's those those scenes of uh, Brody interacting with people, and even like his character um, being the director of the play, mm-hmm. and uh, you get that great scene with 
uh, Johansson, who I also think is incredible. Yeah. Um, oh my god! There, there's basically like yeah. basically no bad performances, but no. there are like it. It is something where it's like they get so much to do, obviously, and there's these the small scene um, that or the the scene that Johansson and uh, Schwartzman have uh, the first one between their mm-hmm. uh, between their hotel windows, where she is like. Uh, let me do my scene for you. And it's like that scene in and of itself is, uh, you know, she's giving like a, a devastating yeah. performance. Like mm-hmm. the emotion on her face, everything is like just, you know, great acting. But then you have uh, her scene with Jake Ryan, who's uh, tremendous oh on the train yeah. where he's got like the note of she's sad and the note of she's angry. And she reads <laughs> yeah. them both yeah. and then makes him read the one of she's cool. And it's the letter from, Brody's character mm-hmm. and the way that that character interacts with the other actors as someone who is not experienced in theater in any way um, it's just it's, it's, it's incredibly touching the scene yeah. at the end mm-hmm. where Schwarzman is like am I doing him right and then it's just like there's this I don't remember exactly what they say but there's like a back and forth back and forth mm-hmm. where it's like Brody's just like yeah you gotta you gotta keep doing it and like yeah, yeah, yeah it's just, like you, well and so hitting yes. him oh oh Andy, go ahead. I really want to talk about this scene because it's my favorite yes. scene in the movie. Where, yeah, yeah, so yeah. like, because yeah. it's uh, him. Like, how we get into that too is him being like, I don't understand why he burns his hand. Right? He's like, I'm yeah, like doing right. these. Yeah. I'm doing these actions that are required of me, but like, I don't really like totally like. I don't think I've nailed. Like, I haven't. I haven't mm-hmm. in the like alchemy of like do, doing a performance of an actor. I haven't yeah. like been able to articulate or like technicalize like what the steps are for for my performance that yes. lead me to these inevitable actions that the playwright have written down to me that I have to perform right and so mm-hmm. and then he like he exits the scene right he like goes through the wall yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the rock wall or whatever backstage mm-hmm. I still don't understand Brody. the play it's so good right yeah. yeah and 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 I think I do think like and then that scene with with Brody where his you know yeah he he doesn't really offer real insight right into like no. yeah. why that happens he just says directors like, can only offer so much real insight right. you actually can't ultimately mm-hmm. what it is is you have to say like i you do it cuz it's in the script like that's that's right. ultimately exactly. all you can do right. yeah it's not right it's not it's not either of our calls like it's in the script that you have to do this so you have to do this mm-hmm. and like right like, because emotion help, isn't like on a help, grid you know right and we help each other yeah. get to the place where like yeah. we both feel okay with how with how and why that happens but like that's our process and that's separate from this and like this is what is written and what we have to do and i do think like the way that it does sort of like illuminate the process of like character creation and art creation and all that sort of stuff of like you're sort of stumbling around looking for truth and you're not necessarily knowing how you get there and you're definitely not even all often or even or always going to be able to articulate how you get there or what like what Mm -hmm. the process is like it really is like it it really gets to the heart of like what what is taking art up a level right of like from like yeah. exercises or from like whatever like it is like well there's always just going to be some unknown x factor that like you're going to yes. struggle with and you're going to wrestle with and i think like the way that yeah the way that that scene is, you know is like reality bre- like reality breaking in 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 the story of of the play uh mm-hmm. and like and then it is that is that before the the dream line? Yes. Or is that yeah. after? Yeah. So before? the way the the sequence goes like he he exits the play, talks to yeah. Brody, goes to the fire escape. We have that and then you find out Conrad or died in a car crash and then they do the dream exercise. Right. Yeah. 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 
So yeah, I mean, well, I, the, the, it's the callback to it, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, right. The, the callback, callback to it. Remix, says, yes, yes. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, right. The the whole thing is like, yeah, it's how it all builds as an examination of like, well, there's telling the story, and then there's understanding the story, and like knowing what the story means and all that, and mm-hmm. how those things are are separate. I think like seeing that articulated yeah. in a film like this, like it's not something you see a, a, a lot. I feel like of like, well, yeah, uh, and 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 I do feel like today so often we are so frequently like you know we live in an explainer culture of like what x means and what you know how how these all add up mm-hmm. to be this or like i've solved this right people yeah, are always yeah. constantly solving art or whatever yeah, and yeah. i do think like this this movie is a beautiful articulation of like how like that is not what art is and that is not what yeah. art is for and yeah. like art is the process perhaps of attempting to solve it but if you ever come yes. to a full conclusion you have done it wrong like it is something that yeah. you're meant to continuously wrestle with as you continue yeah. like as you continue on and he does and this, like this a lot yeah. too in other movies where like movies that are not you know theater within film but like where he has like characters who do have epiphanies but those epiphanies rarely actually and this it happens in the most minor ways too like like just a very small example um one of the movies we haven't mentioned but but is one of my favorites of his uh, the life aquatic um characters have little mini epiphanies all the time Kate blanchett especially has like several of them and at one point when they're being attacked by pirates she's like she says i need to find a, a baby for this father uh meaning like i need to find a father for this baby and these and characters are always having like little epiphanies the same way like we do all the time but those epiphanies rarely actually they feel good and they're, they're good to experience when you are watching them in movies, uh, like in Wes Anderson movies especially, um, mm-hmm. because they kind of help string you along to the next thing. Um, but Andy, like you're saying, it's when you are, like, it, 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 there's no way one moment in your life can explain everything else. There is no way that, like, everything becomes contextualized because you figure out why you burn your hand, you know? But, mm-hmm. but like you need to find out, um, right. and that's part of like what the, what that is, um, and I just yeah, um, I have to say real yeah. quick, one of my favorite things that Adrian Brody does, um, is is when he's like punching the air. I'm doing this on on camera, but I but it's so funny because yeah. he is. This is just a quick little like something in my notes that I had to say. It's weird how Adrian Brody is like he is such a confident presence on screen. He doesn't look mm-hmm. like he should be, and like Wes mm-hmm. especially, I think is really tapped into. There's something alpha about that guy that you can't mm-hmm. like. You just cannot fully nail down. And in every yeah. one of Wes's movies, except maybe Darjeeling, which I, I need to rewatch. Um, no, but in the, he, it's there. It's there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like he's but he's the bully, and like I mean in Budapest, he's the yeah. villain, and he's such a jackass right. in, in his French dispatch yes. stuff. Although I think maybe yeah. that movie is one of his best performances. But it's so funny how he taps yeah. into that here. But also his innate warmth, which you need in like a in a director and he manages to be all these things that, that you want that character to be. Um, and, and Andy, you were alluding to, to that conversation, but one of my favorite things, it's hard to keep track because the dialogue here is so rapid fire, but Schwartzman in that scene where he's like, am I doing him right? Uh, is like, I I feel lost. And he's like, good. Like, it's just, and that's, that's like what it, what it, what you're saying. It's all wrapped up in like, yeah, I feel Mm -hmm. like good. You should feel lost because human behavior isn't calculated and when it is it's not it's 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 impulse is so important um in your life and in art and in making art 
Yeah. yeah. And then Schwartzman, it's like right after that, he's like, it's breaking my heart like every night. And, and yeah. he's like, it doesn't make any sense to me. He's like, I, yeah. I'm supposed to keep going. And he just goes, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the same rapid fire. And yeah. it, like the way it breaks it down is so it's, 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 it's perfect. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I, I cannot wait. Sorry. I can't wait to watch this again a million times. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, Brody's incredible, which is sort, it's sort of like the weird part of the reception. It can, especially my, like when I tried to talk about it on the podcast, it's just like a lot of, the you more, can't really, I yeah. can't really talk about him in that. Yeah. yeah, until people like, see it. He's yeah. such an interesting actor because he's like, I think I've thought about him. It's like he's never relaxed. He's always mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. he's always either wound <laughs> tight or he's like resigned. I guess yeah, like, where he just like That's... played out, and it's <coughs> he's so incredible. It's like truly, I think my favorite performance of the year, and it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's like Mine it too. did so much for me. And this movie, it's just like. It's also interesting because you're talking about uh, its relationship to art. But I, when I was watching it the first time, I was mostly thinking about like it being about like self-consciousness to a certain mm-hmm. extent and how much, especially in the early parts when uh, Augie is trying to talk to the kids, he's he you see this constant wrestling within him of just like, is this even worth saying? And like the entire movie ends up being about that sort of struggle of just like, what is worth saying? Like. Yeah. Is every single thought you you have a thing that's worth saying, or is some stuff just like, well, you just need to act a certain way, and like people have to figure you out, like that. Mm-hmm. That is just a part of life that nobody can ever a thousand percent communicate whatever they're feeling at yeah. any given moment, and you have to sort of uh, put it together. The scene with Robbie is really good. I really like that little yeah. moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. I really like. A thing I saw instantly when watching the movie is just how much Augie looks like Francis Ford Coppola, kind of. Just like well, he also yeah. he looks extremely like Stanley Kubrick. There's yeah. pictures of them side by yeah. side. That's um, that sort. But of... I think yeah, the Schwartzman definitely <laughs> those Coppola jeans. You can't escape them. Mm-hmm. He yeah, is. Them. It's crazy that Rushmore was only fifteen years we, ago. Yeah, I have I have a lot to say about no. that. No, yes, it's yes, not fifteen. Jesus, twenty-five. Sorry. Yeah. Well, still, I. Night, yeah, Lord. I, yeah, it, I got, it, a, yeah. Dad I brain, thought sorry. about like their the like their relationship of Wes Anderson and Jason yeah. Schwartzman of just like mm-hmm. the journey mm-hmm. they have gone on and it's like he's sort of, been involved in everyone's. He, he didn't do Tenenbaums or or um or Life Aquatic, but Life he's Aquatic. been involved in yeah. some way. Um. Ever yeah. since then, and he, um, yeah, because and he was uh, has a story credit on the two mm-hmm. before this, or maybe yeah, even right. the three. Definitely Budapest. Definitely, I remember that. Defi- it definitely, definitely dispatch an Isle of Dogs. It, yes, too. yeah. So then maybe um, it is the three. He, I could not think about Rushmore during this, just because, like, I, I, I had this thought where I was like, it's before, it's like he, and it's, it's like just a. a how you know it's it's not like grief is like a such a specific thing that it's um only this one guy feels it but like in in rushmore he's he's lost his his mom and in this he's lost his wife and now he's the dad mm-hmm. and um maybe yeah. it's just my brain needing to make connections but he reminds me so much of seymour cassell castle Ca- yeah cassell. that's a good call yeah i mean yeah. he he's like he there's there's bits of bert um bert fisher in him here and 
Yeah. He is doing something really that I, I love with the way he speaks. He sort of doesn't open his mouth very wide. He's yeah, doing kind of a tough closed. guy thing. Yeah, he's doing like kind of a... Yeah. Um, well, like, and they and, reference it too. Like he's doing like... Right. Brody's like, you're doing when too Brody, much business with the yeah. pipe and all that. Yeah! Like, like, it's so I mean, good. the scene... The, the true, like, I mean, one of the scenes that I thought was the most touching is the scene where he goes to like audition for Norton and like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, talk about a guy who just throws heat in every single Wes God, Anderson movie. Yeah, Norton he's so is good yeah. tremendous in this. Yeah. He's yeah. so gentle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I thought of Jimmy Stewart. I mean, uh, there's the obvious sort of comparison there. Uh-huh. Um, but that scene where he brings the ice cream and then they eat it mm-hmm. and then he like goes through the process of getting the stuff to stuff his shirt to make it look like he's got a bit of a belly. He leaves and like applies the beard and comes back. Does the like the scene that is cut from the, mo- the from the play yeah, uh, or, or reorganized in whatever way it is. And then like, obviously they have their moment at the end where they embrace. And it is just like, yeah, b- what they're both doing as part of just like acting in the movie asteroid city <laughs> is <laughs> tremendous. And then also the layers of uh, mm-hmm. what Schwartzman has to do. And, you know, talking about Rushmore, a movie I rewatched, in, in preparation for uh, seeing Asteroid City, just because it had been a minute. Yeah. And, like, the impossibility of the Max Fisher character and that Schwarzman not only, like, handles it with a plum, but is maybe the best performance of the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it's, like, he's so unbelievably good in this. And then you think about, like, he did basically as good of a job as anyone has ever done with a performance when he was 18 in his first movie, or, like, one of his early movies. Um, And and it's just, it's, like, when There There came out, uh, I was talking with... um, What a great movie. uh, Past guest of the show, uh, Jackson, about how Schwartzman is maybe, like, the best that we've got working and, like, what he's been able to do throughout Mm -hmm. his career. Um, It's so, like... And that he's, I mean, uh, he's in the Spider-Man movie and he's in the Hunger Games movie uh-huh. also this year. I but... think you should leave. <laughs> yeah, and he's uh, in, I think he's going to be well. in um, uh, Queer with Daniel Craig. Um, right. Sure. Next, yeah. That. That's creepy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but so it's, it's nice that he's having like a bit of a yeah. thing again. Yeah. You know, he's obviously so good in the Alex Ross Perry movies yes. that he's mm-hmm. in. Um, and he's just an actor that I, I love seeing in like one of the best that we've got. And uh, also I think... Uh, you know they they only started working together more recently, but the her and uh, Schwartzman and um, Scarlett Johansson have the similar trajectory. She obviously mm-hmm. takes a different route and goes more mainstream with yeah. like the Marvel things. Uh-huh. But it is but like she, these I mean, two actors that also, started. Yeah, she also yeah, has got a, a Coppola connection. When sure. Yes. <laughs> yes, um, but they're sort of. Um, their both of their career trajectories of like starting so young and just remaining mm-hmm. in the American yeah. consciousness, like uh, what, what's at play a lot with the two of them is really really fascinating. She's yeah. incredible in this. I think yeah. it is her best performance, yeah. period. Yeah, and I think that she is specifically channeling some energy that she had in two movies I don't like very much from 2019 that she got nominated for. <laughs> um, sure. I like one of them a lot more than the other one, certainly. And I think, yeah. but I, but I think she is really great in both of them, actually, and does exactly what they both need. 
Um, but in this, she gets to do like the sort of she does a little bit of screwball stuff. Not it's not really screwball, but like the the sort of zippy. Well, she keeps saying that old... she's good at it, but she doesn't. Yeah, everyone, she's a great comedian. Calls her a comedian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Hanks with that. But she's she's really and then it, you know in, in Marriage Story, a movie that I I think is really brilliant. I just like don't like it. Um, but she's. <laughs> Uh, so like worldly and well-rounded in that and, and in this she's just bringing she's doing I thought a lot about Michelle Williams during this and I think part of this because she played Monroe but also because who, who this is like partially inspired by I, I must feel and I think he I so I'm not gonna talk about this that much but I have this book here do not detonate without presidential approval which is like this collection of writings that um, Wes like um, helped um, put together about like things that inspired Asteroid City among them uh, Altman's Nashville and Close Encounters which both of which you can really see in this yeah. but at the beginning he talks about like how how he wanted to like he wanted Monroe to to feel like you know mm-hmm. this is the area she was working so but she I thought about Michelle Williams and this like sort of very casual like hysterical sadness um, that she has to like when she talks about like the grease being like or the the being like yeah, a, a mm-hmm. shiner or whatever. Right. Which by the way, my the I think the hardest this movie makes me laugh besides the alien and the the song about the alien is when Schwartzman's like, God Zooks, what'd you do to deserve that? <laughs> which yeah. is so funny. There's a um, lot of a lot of I think um <laughs> when they when they're doing the first I forget what it's called, the the, the uh, what is it, the uh the ellipsis uh, mm-hmm. in the sky. Yeah. Um when they're they're all like looking through their shadow boxes at it, and the kids, you just hear them like, "All I see is the staple." They turn around, and like, he was <laughs> yeah. uh, that that kid's. I think it's the same kid who is like, because mm-hmm. um, Dwight is the one that like is hanging out with the musicians and yeah. writes yeah. the song with those killer um, pipes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's like the other sort of main kid of Maya Hawk's group who like leads them on prayer, and it's it's, that it's gets really so funny. fucking funny. <laughs> I mean, um, the, mm-hmm. all the kids. Uh, the, the, you know, you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, Nashville. Obviously, there's so many people in this movie, and yeah, they each have their moments. The kid who keeps asking people to dare him to do things yeah, he goes dude, on his whole journey. I was going to bring this kid up. This is Liev's kid, right? Schreiber's kid? Is that oh, the one? Yes, yes. Oh, I mean, the movie. Yes. In the character. Yes. There is something about that kid's... This is the one who created the gun. Um, uh, or yes, you think yes. yes? He that kid his yeah. his first off his face is incredible. His voice is yeah. nuts. Like he, yeah. his mm-hmm. speaking voice, just like he is. There, there, there. You can say this about a lot of actors, but he feels built in a lab for Wes to work with. He he's so <laughs> fucking funny. Everything he said made me laugh. But then he's got that scene in the desert with uh, Carell and and um, Schreiber, Schreiber where they're talking about the yeah. the land, which is also a really funny bit. Yeah, and I can't remember exactly. Land. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what he says, but there he has this really soft, poignant moment before daring yeah. his dad to go climb on a cactus. <laughs> or yeah, he's like, right. he's like, well, what's right. up with the dares? And then he's like, uh, you know, it's it's like I I need people to like notice me. Or yeah, like, right. He's right. So the, yeah, the punchline is them being with, like, well, know. all right, what do you want us <laughs> yeah. to dare you to do? We'll we'll do it. And then he's yeah. like, you dare me to climb that cactus? And they're like, no, absolutely, no, not. absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so funny. That's yes. Carell where he's like, well, what's the dare? Like, yeah. we'll give you this one. <laughs> I, I mean, there's a lot of so good, good moments of uh, like yeah, uh, of Schreiber, yeah. Hope Davis, Park, and just Carell yes. around yeah, there, just like all of those drinking the vending machine martinis. Yeah, I'm glad that that Park is like one of Wes's guys yeah. now. He is for me the thing in French Dispatch that makes it like 
my favorite. Like yeah. his bits with Jeffrey Wright are his, yeah. especially that like last yeah. moment they have are like. Just well, yeah, that's yeah. tremendous. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the great line. That's the thing of the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah like, that's so that's the re- Well, that's the reason to tell the story. Like, we yeah, were yes. watching that yesterday. Yeah, and I love that he a... just gets to vibe in this one. He he doesn't do a lot, but yeah. he really is, yeah. is great. <coughs> yeah. yeah, and there, it like reminds me of another line I caught yesterday in watching French Dispatch, which like sort of co- like comes to my point about this movie where it's like mm-hmm. when Roebuck Wright, which is Jeffrey Wright, he uh, mm-hmm. he says self-reflection is a vice best conducted in private or not at all. Yeah. When yeah, he, he's right. being asked to be like self-reflective I about why he writes about food yeah. all the time. Uh, which is a very beautiful moment. That's such a yeah. great moment in that movie. Yeah. I, but it, I it really... It remind me of this movie of just like, yeah, of just how everybody doesn't know what they need what is self-reflection and what they need to say especially like yeah that bit the johansson bit it's so it's the it's the perfect part of the movie where he Mm -hmm. she's just like what oh wow the black eye it's like oh no this is for the character it's like oh what did the character do to deserve the black eye it's like no it's internal it's just like even she doesn't (laughs) know like should i should it be clear that this person is broken do i need to say this like yeah everyone is just so confused by all of it Mm -hmm. it's just um there's also uh there's there's so many threads the one um i really love the the triplet daughters they're uh, so they're funny yeah. in a way that like it, it's funny in a way that west usually isn't yeah um, yeah it's where they're precocious. like they're like straight up jokes where uh they're all witches. the 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 diners yeah she's like what do you want little princesses and they're like i'm a mummy i'm a vampire <laughs> i'm a fairy like going through all of this and then she's just like okay how about strawberry milk <laughs> it's like <laughs> the, wait, like, the waitress by the way played by deanna dunnigan uh famous yeah. sure. yeah. and you know uh yeah. the great scene where they they uh use the payphone to call uh the school newspaper the mm-hmm. mom is rita wilson yeah yes. yeah yeah out last night so it's very funny yes. that wes like brought so um um amy mullins who is um rupert friend's uh uh wife is also in the movie somewhere it's and okay. i and so like it's kind of i love that he you hear all these stories um right. about how, how they're how all, like cloistered up in spain or whatever they have or, and i mean yeah. and this was shot in 2020 right it's covid it's covid it? movie for it's, sure, it's yeah it's yeah it's yeah and of course yeah, he, they were shooting it like during new york film festival yeah they did uh, a zoom right exactly a and so and like the the we don't need to go into but obviously like the the any movie about quarantine in the next like yes. 100 years in our lifetimes will make us think of covid so there's that but yes. Um, it does make me wonder if Colin Jost had been in this movie, who he would have played. Like, I actually did think Whoa. about this. That's uh, so cursed. They could have had him like, put that one, out of the, one of the cowboys, right? Like, that would have been really I, I hate to... I hate to all actually musicians. I'm, I'm not on, like, a Colin Jost reclamation project. I do have a friend who works on SNL who says that he is the... the the nice one of everybody there. Sure, sure. Funny. Um, but I mean, anyway, um, it's interesting it does make me wonder. Like, as we mentioned with, like, both Brody and uh, Norton, like he uh-huh. and Matt Dillon, he's like good at like regular well, like alpha guys. Weird because yeah. he loves. Yeah. I mean, he loves like Kaitel and like James Cons and right. Bottle Rocket and Hackman, right. obviously. Which he like, loves that, these yeah. like gritty, you know, method actors. I, I wish. Yeah, that's I, a I nice that it... little uh, little nod that um, uh, Willem Dafoe, who's playing, yes. has like a couple scenes as an acting teacher. Yes. His last I hope name he is gets, Kaitel. I hope Kaitel yes. gets one more with Wes because I think he's yeah. so. Funny. Um, he's and, so um, he dispatch. is the one that's he stands out the most for me in um, Isle of Dogs. Yes, <laughs> yeah. he, he's oh I think God. incredible in that he's one. So <laughs> um, I mean, he's so good in Budapest. 
Well, yeah, yeah he's great in Budapest. Yeah, yeah Budapest is one I was thinking. He's so funny. Um, We've gotten this far. I do want to say, uh, we mentioned Rita Wilson. We have not mentioned the name Tom Hanks at all. Yet. Well, yeah. I no, yeah. Crazy, mean, right? I was maybe going to say that I, th- there were a few performances. <laughs> that was the other thing that happened the second time. There, we haven't there talked were about performances Tilda. that I oh, didn't I, like, but yeah. there were a few I was less keyed in on that I was more taken with the second Hanks time. Feels Hanks feels like, like a, one of them. Hanks to me feels like, I mean, he he's very good. This is not his best performance in in the last couple of years but he is yeah very reliable and i think it's just a good reminder right. that he is a reliably good b can work with like any filmmaker um but also yeah. i think they sh- i think that i think the west should give him something else too i think i think he is for sure yeah good i mean the he thing, reminded right, he's me so, he's sort of in one key like for the yes. whole performance yeah. right yeah uh, well he's in the harrison ford key he, right. Yeah. Which is really funny. Uh, the 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 gruff the gruff he's he's yeah he's turned up the growl yeah. in his voice. Um, yeah. But I do think like that first scene with him on the phone, I think is yes. so good and so funny. Uh, that yeah. that was I think the yeah. biggest laugh my crowd did was the mm-hmm. end of that where he's like yes we're saying the same thing that like I didn't yes. yeah. yeah where yeah, he's like <laughs> yeah. yeah and he his gets... stuff at the end with short his his last yeah. scene with Schwartzman's really when he's nice like, uh, oh my and god and I do like he how he's like do, I kind of um... like being in quarantine here <laughs> like yeah. that's a good yeah. thing yeah. for him no yeah he's like I like he's like I like the desert I like aliens um, yeah, yeah. he yeah. gets to have Johansson. Yeah, he tries, oh and Fortune's like, oh my god. <laughs> um, he gets to have a couple of moments that, for me, are like, I can't really pull them up out of my brain, but, like, when, when Wes gets really quiet on a on a Zoom with a character, where, like, they state just something very plainly, um, yeah. and I call yeah. these moments, there, there's a moment in Macbeth where um, Macduff says he has no children, which is just, like, not poetic at all, the most, like, straight right. thing he could possibly say about a situation and Wes, a character who is who writes dialogue that is can, is almost dizzying sometimes, um, will have these moments where he's just like, and I can't remember what Hank says, but 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 um, Schwartzman's like like stop trying to help us, we're in grief, which is really funny, and and yeah. Hank's just like it cuts to him, and it's just beautiful. And he just says really plainly, like, so am I. Like, that's it. Yeah. Or, or whatever the line is. And he's got yeah. a couple of moments like that that are really yeah. tremendous. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like their relationship. Even if that performance yeah. and character, their relationship is very interesting. Yeah. It's yes. like another thing that is like very interesting about Wes, where it's like mm-hmm. the beauty of that relationship is that thing where it's like, yeah, he's going to take care of them and him even if he doesn't like them. Yeah. And that's sort of very... Wes's sort of intoxication with that sort of macho relationship of just like, yeah, these guys, they don't really need to yeah. like each other in whatever traditional way it is, but there, there is an understanding which in them, which is very comforting. Yes. Yeah. He's, I love that shot of Hanks. It, there's nothing else like in the movie, but where the fireworks are going off and, and you just see the back of his head. Um, yeah. He's, he's yeah. So, I, I think, I mean, it's, it just feels really natural. I think I had read early on that his role wasn't that big. And it's not. Like, no one's role is really that big except for, like, Schwartzman and Johansson and, like, Jake Ryan. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I do... He feels like he's always been there. And there's a couple... Like, I said that about Dylan. There's a couple of people who feel like they've just always been there when they work with him. I can't actually think of the last time someone worked with him where I didn't feel like... Um, oh, this doesn't, you know. Yeah. I mean, rewatching French Dispatch, I was like Chalamet, sort of like you know, a, a yeah. lot of performances that I'm kind of distant from, but his mm-hmm. is the one where I'm like, 
I like him, and I think he has good moments in it. Yeah. But he also has the worst moments out of anybody, and I'm like, I think that's fair. Well, I I like him in that. I, but there are I like, adore him in it. it yeah, I, yeah, I said this when you said that is my favorite performance he has given. Yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> that's also I mean, that's, that's not my favorite of the three stories too. So. Um, no yeah and it's, yeah, and it's the one really... i have the hardest even yeah. though it has the moment that probably like besides jeffrey wright and steve park at the end makes me cry the most where um the mcdormand is talking his to parents like, yeah like or the, his yeah. parents but she's like he's he's a boy who will die he's not like a star yes. he, and that all that the stuff is post that is great yeah, yeah. my um, tower to like sure the end of i mean I, gorgeous. speaking <laughs> of rupert friend i mean the play in french that's Oscar, the best that it yes. that is it's like so good among the most sublime things that Wesson he, ever, I, like, put in. I really movie. love that yes. Rupert Friend is, like, one of his guys now, because that's not an actor and he's I in Henry ever... Sugar. Yeah, he's in Henry Sugar. He's yeah, not a yeah. guy I would have pegged to become one of his guys, but... Yeah. And then it's funny, because in Henry Sugar, like, Richard Ayoade's in there, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he feels like he's been around. Um, but he's yeah, not. Yeah. This is his first one. Um, and Cumberbatch, too, is, like... Yeah, yeah that's that That's gonna be... That I'm is gonna excited. pay off like a slot machine. I can't... Um, <laughs> yeah, and I mean... The the close encounters thing is interesting because I saw so many people talk about it. Like mm-hmm. instant, that's like one of the first things I heard a critic say when the mm-hmm. yeah. the lights yeah. came up. It was somebody compare it to close encounters and it. Yeah, and it's just like, it is interesting Wes's relationship to like the sort of Spielberg magic, and I think people mm-hmm. have written about it because it's like yes. the moment with the alien is sort of there is a there's a similarity to the moment with the fish towards the mm-hmm. end of uh. Of life, life aquatic, yes. where it's just like yes. for mm-hmm. a guy who is that much about like relationships and how people talk to each other, he is sort of he does sort of keep coming back to these moments of people just being absolutely awestruck by something they yeah. can't explain or talk about. He he is yeah. that is something that that maybe also speaks to what the movie is about, which yeah. is just like something that transcends the need to explain it. Something that we all just sit there and get that it's a special little moment. Yeah. That we're all having, yeah. a little bit the wolf and uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox yeah, also. Yeah. Uh-huh. God, mm-hmm. that movie is, um, is special. Um, there's a lot of he, uh, Fox in this one. I feel too. Um, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I think I yeah. should work with Clooney again. I feel like so I, I so okay. I it's it's like obviously like kind of a, a punch to the gut anytime you see Goldblum in anything now, just because it's like we all know. Sure. Um, I re- I kind of wish the alien had been Clooney at the end, just because oh, I think that would have been like, a really funny bit. But yeah, he, yeah. he, he needs to he needs I, to work with George again. I feel. I wonder the if Goldblum, they I mean, like the Goldblum bit is funny. Possible. <laughs> I mean, it's it I, is. I I don't know. I feel like I saw Clooney talk about how much he okay, loved that. Re- I don't know. I don't okay. know. But he, he yeah. should. There there's definitely people who sh- yeah. there are people I wonder about where I'm like, what's up with Luke Wilson? Like what what? What's I've going heard on? no Wilson. Oh, I've in this. heard if you mention Luke Wilson in Wes Anderson's presence, he will stop talking to you. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, it's like bad. That's tough. That's crazy. Yep. I so yeah. Owen too is like so I the so Conrad right. Urban this like made me think of what Owen Wilson is doing in Life Aquatic like the the voice. Uh-huh. Sure, um, it's a little yeah yeah right. and, and oh and I love Owen Wilson and I think he could he could have done that just fine but obviously like the way you like what you're saying Colin is like how fucking good Norton is like yeah, just yeah. a, yeah, a, he's a king tremendous. in this um, yeah yeah but it's the um yeah. I was, uh, the, the just on Tom Hanks and. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of his stuff with with the girls is really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but he also because there's like the bit of having uh, the wife's ashes in the Tupperware, yeah, yeah. and then the girls bury it, and it's like it's not Episcopalian or whatever. We gotta like <laughs> we can't just leave her here. Yeah, and then uh, and then His like the way they sort of that, right? yeah, <laughs> the, the way they <laughs> react to that, it. and eventually, uh, you know. They have the 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 bit of the funeral there where he gets uh, to say his words, and then he like has that moment where he just stands up and breaks a little bit emotionally, and like some God. tears start coming. Yeah, it's it's really it's really great work it's, for me. And, and Schwartzman and, then, and Jake Ryan holding hands in that moment is really yes, sweet too. Yes. Like it's yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there is um, you know, on the sort of like grand thesis of it, and like mm-hmm. you can't uh wake up if you don't fall asleep, and yeah, the way that it is about just like. You know, don't you don't you don't need to worry about everything or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the beauty of you have like this in the in the play you have of uh, uh, Woodrow and uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson's daughter, yeah. who uh, I, I she's also great. Um, that kid is really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The um, but uh, they have their 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 little romance that like blossoms throughout the the piece and then they're like Grace debating yeah, yes she's great yeah. um the uh they're debating like what to put on the moon because he's got yeah. like the technology of like yeah i can put whatever image and they're like it needs to say something it needs to be this and then you know tilda takes him aside and is like i can make you my mentor or my, my protege like we uh, can we can work something out and uh-huh. like uh the way they throw around the phrase like celestial flirtation oh, and like all these things, uh, uh, what, what do they say? It's like the cosmic something, the cosmic co- conversation, something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, but but then uh, at the end, he they put their initials up like it's a carving on a tree, it's uh, so good. and it cuts to them kissing. And then like basically the last thing Jake Ryan says is like he won the scholarship money. And they're like, what are you gonna do with it? And he's like, I'm gonna spend it on my girlfriend. And I think it's so beautiful. It really, really touched he's, me. He's and, awesome. Uh, I, I, he's the yeah. part of eighth grade. I, I still think about. Like, I don't think about. Him he's really great, a lot, but he's, he's so great. funny. Uh, oh, big so recommend good. if anyone has uh, the Criterion of Moonrise Kingdom. Mm-hmm. The commentary on that one is Wes Anderson, uh, Peter Becker, who's the head of Criterion, uh, and Jake Ryan. And That's then funny. they will call. They call Schwartzman. They call Norton. They call Bill Murray and like have these conversations. But most of it is Jake Ryan like doing bits as like a twelve year old or whatever. <laughs> and it's like he's like uh, he's so he's barely in uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, he's he not plays, in a lot of it. Uh, he plays one of the younger brothers, mm-hmm. uh, one of Susie's younger brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's funny that he like Wes is obviously drawn to him. He's got a bit part in um, Isle of Dogs. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, him, his sort of, you know, crowning ceremony of being the big, big role in this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. he, he just like it's plays great. piano throughout the commentary. Mm-hmm. It's really crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he, he is another reason why I thought of Rushmore because uh-huh. it, it did. Th- I did think about, especially weirdly, the scene where he has to read the letters to Johansson. I did yes. think about like, is this a movie partially about? West being like, is this what I did to this? Kid? Is this what I did to Schwartzman? Like, yeah. is, is, like, is, like, am I at fault for this for some reason? Like, yeah. like what, how did I shape this person? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's. Um, I, I have to say real quick, just. I mean, she's she has is one of the most treasured actor actresses alive, uh, performers alive. Um, but I just do have to say, it is so nice to see Tilda give a normal person performance 
but that is laced with like so much stuff that only she could do like where she tells the story about why she's got mm-hmm. the ellipses like permanently yes. stuck in her her irises um but it's like there's no i when we think of her now i think we mostly think of like a snow piercer shit with like the giant sure. false teeth which is like fine I mean, like she's you know, good she at got, it. you know we're obviously like she just did eternal daughter she just did Maria. yeah she's of course yeah she's she's, she's been she's so maybe settled back down the last yes yeah. which is years. great More, which is um nice. but this is yeah. like it's it's great to see her in just like a supporting um, yeah. performance be very good yeah um, and I there is to... even the little echo of um uh eternal daughter where i think she mm. she missed the the line is a misspeak but i think she says it's something like i wish i felt like i should have had children or something yes, yes. Not, yes. what up the way I, she says it i, I wrote it down great. i do yes. have this oh one. you wrote it down line? great uh, uh, some she says sometimes I wonder if I wish I should have right, yeah. which is really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's yeah, also I the mean, misspeak yeah. uh, at the end where Schwartzman's like you're the actor or you're the wife who's supposed to play my actress yes. uh, when he's talking to Rob. <laughs> right, <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> um, it's that, really good. So that yeah. the, Amelia, you were talking about Close Encounters and it's it's in the book and like Balaban's in it and all that. I have to say that like so I I made a little list of of movie of movies and things this reminded me of which are. Some are obvious, some are not. Like, there's a little bit of local hero there. Um, sure. Um, but it's, like, not even in an obvious way, just, like, local hero so meandering in a way that, like, this 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 feels like it is uh, also. Um, but there's a movie this made me think of that I wasn't really expecting, even though there's, like, the obvious alien connection. Um, and it made me think of Contact, like, ever so slightly, but not because of anything to do with the alien there's Mm -hmm. that moment in contact which like spoilers if you haven't seen contact but like the big emotional crux of the movie is the scene where she reunites with her father but it's not her father it's an alien who has adopted her father's memories and and can say what he would say basically um and it's a really beautiful moment it's 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 you know small moves it's like it's i think it's like maybe the scene of zemeckis's career but what that reminded me of specifically is this margot robbie scene where Mm -hmm. she they they these two like people reunite who were meant to have a scene together in a play and they that's their connection is the play their their connection is not this right. this beautiful thing these characters were meant to have but she's like able to say those lines to him the way the character would have and he's able to respond the way that Augie would have and i think that that scene being placed where it is is like mm-hmm. that's an authentic reaction from him the same thing he was just telling um, Schubert Green, like I, I ha- like, Schubert. am I doing him right? And he's able to have that authenticity there. And it, mm-hmm. what, why that reminds me of Contact is like, you get your, you know, epiphanies and your reactions and stuff from things that are not actually happening to you the way that we do when we watch movies or plays or reading books or listening to songs. Where it's like, my reaction to this is based in um, the the invisible connection that I have with this thing now and, and this thing that is happening. Mm-hmm. And so even though that is not his wife and like in contact, that is not her father, they have they get to have something they feel like they need to have, even though it's not real, but it is. And it's it's yeah. so good and it's so like what theater is about and why like I love the phrasing. And I got it wrong initially when I came out of the movie. I was like, God, when he says, am I, am I doing it right? He doesn't say, am I doing it right? Am I doing him right? Am I doing yes. right by him? And that specificity mm-hmm. is so important because, like, it's... 
the reason like actor like one of the like tortured thing that like any actor has to deal with is like this notion of like am i honoring this 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 person who doesn't exist Mm -hmm. um or you know or maybe they're playing like a real person or whatever but it's the, the real person is not what matters like when someone is playing um like, I think of JFK and, and how JFK is, like, top to bottom. Like, people playing real people. It's, like, just sure. a massive movie. And it's, like, yeah, you want to, like, honor the real thing that happened. But you want... What you really want is, like, this story. Like, am I telling this story right? Am I doing right by it? And I love that. And I cannot... Like, I know we just talked about him a lot. But I, I, I cannot say enough good shit about Schwartzman. Like, there's no world, yeah. I think, where he gets a nomination for this. Because, like... Jason Schwartzman doesn't yeah. really get Oscar nominations. And also, He's never been a part no of that conversation. No one has ever been nominated. Yeah, Wes Anderson an performance. No, and, it's, and I, I think it will not happen. I do think that this uh, yeah. movie will like make a showing of. I think it. I think it absolutely will. Probably. But if anyone yeah. does, I think it's ScarJo, and I don't think that's happening. So it's. Um, yes. But he is just like so unusual in this. Like he is. Is it's a very. It's such a strange performance, and he is. Ugh, just excellent. Yeah, the it, way like, that. Him uh, as the actor, where it's like every time they show him, he's got like a turtleneck pulled up over his face. Is very funny. <laughs> um, it's so good. And yeah. I love that. I do love the the Margot Robbie scene and like, uh, just I mean like you're saying the way that it uh, w- like what it what it represents. Uh, mm-hmm. But then there's also just like a classic West joke of. He gets his catharsis, he gets his epiphany, mm-hmm. leaves, and then Matt Dillon is like, we were supposed to have a scene. <laughs> and it's just like, another moment's yeah. happening. Like I love that Dillon going. just also is that guy off screen, too. <laughs> He's so sure, yeah. yeah. It's really good. Um, I love yeah. those moments yeah. where you make the connections, but you don't get a lot of them, but like, what are the differences between, like, when we get taken out of these moments of like, here are the actors of, who are playing the characters that we've just spent time with. And some of them are like, the, the line is not thin at all. Like with Matt Dillon, like it's, um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, thin. but then it's like Rupert friend opens his mouth and you're just like, Oh yeah, this guy's British. <laughs> like, it, mm-hmm. which is yeah. Great. Him being British in the, in the, yeah. In it's the very funny. It's good. Yeah. That yeah. is good. And it's like, it's also interesting how it just like skips over part of asteroid city where it, it just like jumps ahead at the end to just, mm-hmm. to just get to the aftermath. Um, I think, I mean, also what, what I would, like, Jack mentioned things he thought about when watching the movie. It's like, obviously, Close Encounter does Bob Balaban, it has Bob Balaban, and also has Truffaut in it, which is, yeah. who is obviously a, yes. a huge West influence. Yeah. And especially, like, the black and white, like, the breakdown of how can you dream about falling asleep. It is, that is, you know, very... You know, new wavy though. I thought yes. more. I thought less of Truffaut in that, and I thought of John Cocteau. I thought of uh, mm-hmm. Orpheus in that sort of, yeah, film, that sort of mm-hmm. su- level of surrealism when watching it. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking it, he's not a, a filmmaker that I have a ton of experience with, um, but my sort of superficial connection I was making was um, Bergman because there's yeah. shots where it's like their heads, like the shot of Matt Dillon screwing in the tiny piece to the car before it breaks like just the blocking of that his head is so huge Mm -hmm. and so close to the screen uh and the the part that he's testing is so tiny it really is uh (laughs) at the the very beginning when it's just like a lot of like comedy about asteroid city and construction i did think of tati a little bit of just sure yeah there's a bit of the sort of very constructed comedy yeah the um the movie that I, i thought of uh 
you, when, you know, you mentioned um, Cranston. Obviously, he's great. I kept yeah. thinking of uh, Anton Walbrook in La Ronde, uh as, as he sort of, like, oh, guides yeah. the movie along. Yeah. And the scene where he, in La Ronde, where there's, like, a sex scene that's about to happen, and it cuts to Walbrook using scissors to, like, cut that section of the film out. <laughs> when Cranston... Uh, Hope Davis and ScarJo are like having their scene, and mm-hmm. Cranston pops in like in color, and he's so like, "Oh, good. am I not in this part?" and walks out. I thought of that. Um, that scene really and then sort me. of that was that. Was it the, is crazy. Yeah. That's the the mo- the moment that I most <laughs> struggled with afterwards, where I was like, mm-hmm. "I feel like that's just sort of there for the gag, and like doesn't really." Yeah, but like, it kind of it kind of is. Yeah, there's like yeah, a Looney maybe. Tunes propulsiveness to it. Obviously, yeah. there's a there's a, a yeah. Roadrunner. Oh my god, I love um, the fucking yeah. Road obviously, <laughs> the, the the setting recalls the Roadrunner. Sure, yes. yeah. yeah, but but then there are yeah, also just like the cartoon mushroom cloud. And well, like, that but like these these like the sky is like is right. Looney Tunes sky. The, uh, right, like it's the, uh, sure, yes, the yeah. the, yeah. the on the ramp that's that to nowhere. Or they're like the sign is like this was built by mistake or whatever. Don't use it. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. the um, setting and like specifically going back to like America and doing going mm-hmm. to like that sort of setting does him very well. Yes, yes. The, he under the, the, uh, there's a shot of uh, I'm trying to I don't remember exactly where it takes mm-hmm. place. I think it's like right before Carell like hands out the sparklers and then the little martinis, mm-hmm. where you just see like everyone under this awning that is like lattice and yeah. the the way the shadows hit everybody. I'm like yeah. it's just like a very like. Uh, Americana, you just, like, feel it. Like, it is just like, yeah. oh, that's one of those things that's just, I, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, indelible or whatever. I think Wes tapped into something when he finally started making movies that were explicitly period pieces, which he didn't really start doing until Moonrise Kingdom, because I remember when that came out, sure. and um, some critic was like, this is, like, the first time a year has ever been, like, has, has been really specific yes. about this. And it's not it's not been in all of them since, but that's obviously explicitly a period piece. Um, um, Budapest, of course, Budapest, is, even though they don't yeah. say the year. Isle of Dogs is futuristic, but it, which I kind of love about it. Um, I think yeah. he should, I would love to see him do some kind of, like, neo-futurist thing again like that. Um, maybe yeah. live action. Um, like a Buck Rogers type of thing. Um, not that specifically, but, like, that kind of motif, because I, I think mm-hmm. it really would suit him well. But then again, and, um, and obviously in, in Dispatch, and, and then this, and he is, you know, he is he is a guy who is is kind of nothing if not his influences and, and how they coalesce. And I love that, like you're saying, Colin, like that Americana is like something that's so important to him. And the one of the most obvious parallels in this is how much Conrad Earp is like kind of a conflation of um, the p- playwrights Tennessee Williams and uh, um, William Inge, who wrote a, a play that I love, but I, I understand the movie is maybe not very good. I haven't seen it called Bus Stop, which I saw a tremendous production of in college, or at least when I was 20 and I was seeing my friends do it, I thought it was great. Um, but sure. that's, you know, the movie had Monroe. It's about characters who are, st- you know, stuck on the side of the road. And then Tennessee Williams wrote a play that um, I find quite confounding and, and doesn't get done a lot for um, a few reasons. Namely, it has an enormous cast. Um, but Camino Real, named after the, the highway of the same name. And this is very much that. It's like characters who are on the side of the road in the desert, like things are reality and, and fiction are kind of blended a lot of mirages no characters have like mirages in this i think it would be funny if they did but it's but you know it's mm. um not funny if they did but like the movie itself kind of is a mirage but it's i i, I love that he is jumping into because he, he loves theater and he loves playwrights and stuff and many of his several of his characters are playwrights but 
um, he is he's working in a specific area of yeah. theater that I feel like he hasn't quite, even though like there's something about the motif of like a southern playwright that feels very Wes Anderson to me. Um, yeah. So yeah. I see him like, actually do that. Yeah, I do, I think I maybe even have mentioned on the podcast at one point that I do think Hong Child did an interview where she mentioned that they got connected because he went to see uh, John Thanny Baker play yeah. that she was in. Yeah. Sure. Man, speaking of yeah. Annie Baker, I uh, really hope her movie comes out soon. Uh, or yeah, it's playing anywhere yeah. soon. She might have a she <laughs> might have a movie end up because yeah, I'm hopefully um, will be go. I think I'm gonna try and see that play be- right before TIFF. Just good. stop off on the way. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I hope, I hope because I I just want to see that movie yeah. very badly. Anyway, yeah, the on. movie, yeah, also very. It would be crazy if they they were it was at TIFF also. That would be yeah. very nice. Um, yeah. The uh, some other people that I think are very good. Just while we're shouting out, yeah. um, mm-hmm. specific scenes that we maybe haven't got a ton on. Uh, I think every sort of he's such like an oddly shaped guy, but every cut to Fisher Stevens did make me laugh, oh especially when he did, like the mummy walk when he's like yeah. when he yes. pretends to be asleep. <laughs> um, but uh, Tony Revolori, I think, is uh-huh. very funny. Yes, uh, he's very in the pocket and like in a similar way that. He really stuck out to me uh, rewatching French Dispatch. I think uh-huh. he's great in that, mm-hmm. and I think he's uh, he's also very good. The uh, Jeffrey Wright. I mean, obviously, he hit the big speech that he gives at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Where, this, uh, when there's like, all of a sudden one, the second like, microphone. Yeah, when really, he walks yes, forward, yes, it's so yes. funny. It's so good. Um, and uh, I mean, the way that this movie experiments with sound as well is yeah, completely like right. Well, yeah, we should talk about the dislike score too because yeah. there's like oh not my, much of oh it, but it's like so really <laughs> that. I mean, yeah, the obvious like the, the the main one you walk away with is the theme from the alien ship, right? That's like yes. right. Well, bit, I mean, of course, bit, yes. bit of it's basically the but then there's also to the score. There's the, there's the little uh, just like tones that he plays during the. Um, the title cards with the acts and scene numbers, mm-hmm. and he uses those as a counterpoint to the main theme when Schwartzman walks off the set, which is so beautiful. Yeah, well, yes. th- if you listen to the score, each uh, sort of piece, I, I think, starts with the same exact, like, or, or at least a small version of the same, like, beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then, uh, like, the way that each uh, piece expands. Uh, for what the scene is is really uh, fascinating, and I, I've this more than most movies uh, that they've collaborated on. I'm wondering like how how does he communicate with Desplat? How does uh, mm. Anderson yeah. uh, like because he's such a hands-on? Obviously, everything is to the like the inch of like his what he is storyboarding, what he's mm-hmm. uh, writing, and I wonder how much like. He, uh, you know he's a big soundtrack guy obviously yeah. and, like what he what he brings there and like what the what this plot like brings uh in parallel yeah with the score uh, or with, with the, the, the soundtracks and this i'm like is he like i i just would i would love to know like how involved he is with the the writing of everything and like the yeah. like what he wants it to sound like i'm sure he has ideas but um but yeah i th- do there yeah. is it, the scene where he walks off and is like having the yeah. confrontation with, or not just the, the, the conversation mm-hmm. yeah. uh, with Brody. There is like the way the organ will pop up. It just, yeah. 
it's a very rewarding re-listen. Yes. <laughs> the score. And I will Even say, though like, it is it is short. The the way that it is yeah. is integrated into that alien the first alien scene like which we sort yes. of talked about a little bit uh you know uh but it really like it's the first hint you have that something is happening, right? Is that you're like, I'm noticing the score more than I had been or whatever. Yeah, and like, yeah. and then, and then you see the one green light appear in the box, like mm-hmm. that whole sequence, the way it builds and the way the score does sort of imprint itself on you and create that mood of like rapt attention and that feeling of yes. like, I have no idea what is about to go down and like, or how, like, how is this alien going to move? Like, what is it? What is he going to do? Is he going to speak? Like all these questions and stuff. And the score really does <laughs> just sort of set the perfect tone that does like enrapture you in those like yeah. whatever it is those two minutes of screen time that it that it yeah. takes place over and then he poses with the little right. oh my or the yeah, asteroid excuse incredible. me that's another and big then, laugh uh, moment yeah for sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. everything about we, that is so so approximate mm-hmm. and good like i really feel like there's something about the way i i know i said this earlier but just he he kind of knows he's got you and the timing is just yeah. so good and from the moment the feet step out to the moment the saucer mm-hmm. zooms away. Like, the pose is something I've been thinking about a lot, yeah. just because it's like, it, it, this 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 thing where this thing that is, so another movie I thought about a lot, and not just because of the UFO stuff, was Nope. Um, just, but also uh, yeah. because, yeah. also... I mean, there's the Americana, there's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. all the, the cowboy shit with yes. Stephen Young. I also think that both of them are, and I don't have time to, I don't have time or words to go into this, but I... I both of those for me sort of communicated something about my climate anxiety that I like I'm trying to work through. Mm. Um, this unknown thing that is actually we can explain in real life we can explain quite well, but it's very scary. Um, but fuck that shit. Um, I don't want to talk about it. Um, it's yeah. it scares me. But it's 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 yeah. so like the moment where he poses is kind of the moment that it becomes a Wes Anderson movie because it, I mean or the moment the like the alien is like a Wes Anderson character because like that's just mm-hmm. that's the thing that links them and they they have found yeah. common ground even though they're scared and they don't know what this is it's yeah. I, it's so good yeah yeah and I the do, picture yeah, is funny. I wonder if like Goldblum yes. <laughs> did reference work for the movement of the alien I wonder <laughs> I mean it is very yeah. spindly yeah um, I did uh it it because before the movie came out, I did read an interview with like his animation, Wes's animation mm, guy, okay. yeah. and he was talking about like, like he did work on both this and Henry Sugar, mm-hmm. and I that just I don't he said a couple interesting things there. I don't remember them exactly, but it did sort of get me in the mindset when I was started watching Asteroid City. So like, oh, so when is the animated thing co- start gonna come? Yes. And it, the crazy thing about that scene is like it took me longer than it should when the alien comes out to realize mm-hmm. oh like yeah this is the stop motion this stop motion animation yeah. this is like because he blends it very well and it yes it, but it also it's like surreal in a very interesting way so it's like yeah. you don't even think about like how this is happening that much yeah. mm-hmm. but it's a really it's a really good moment i don't know yeah there's yeah. um another scene that i really love this movie is uh, so we, dense it, I know. really yeah. there is yeah. so much it's it's such a like I, I truly when I watched it and I was like I don't know what to, to make of this really yeah. like yes uh, yeah. processing it with other people I think helps which yes. is like yeah the best thing you can hope from a, a and wide kind of and kind film. of what the yeah. movie's about too is like yeah, processing yeah. Things, it is, things I, I've been saying <laughs> it's like the first movie that like is play just like playing in wide release in a bunch of theaters that I've just gone to see and been like oh this is like 
confusing. I don't yeah. understand a bunch sure. of stuff. Yeah, it's the, um, and you know, in a good way that like it's super yes. rich. Yeah, uh, but the the scene that I, I also love is that we t- we talked about a little bit um, is the first sort of like uh, you know Conrad Arp has this scene in the play that he can't figure out. He's trying mm-hmm. to like. Uh, he, he wants everyone to fall, like all of the characters, to have a dream. Yes. Uh, collect mm-hmm. a dream experience, like collectively. Like he needs all of them to have these like moments while they're asleep. Um, and then Willem Dafoe's there as uh, Salzburg Keitel, <laughs> who's like you know he's this great a- uh, acting teacher. And um, like obviously Dafoe is such a guy who loves theater and like mm-hmm. acting, the craft of acting. What's your Exactly. Um, and there's just like, a few little things. Like, again, I do not have any experience with theater. I have uh, not really done any acting. Um, but just what he does feels very like a guy who has just gone through the sort of mm-hmm. the acting classes, the acting exercises. He's done it, like, done it all and has a sort of casualness about him where yeah. he's like, uh, he's like, you know, Conrad, you'll wake, you'll have a dream and like. Uh, come up with this. Uh, you, you'll wake up and have this. Your pages. Uh, yes, right. and and he's like, uh, Brody, the, right. you know, or whatever. The way he is, you'll wake up to instantly like grab the ball and run with it from like Conrad yes. being like, yeah. I'm not sure what I like. I'm really looking for, and he's like, yes. Okay, we're gonna do that. Like that is like yeah. very well, yeah. acting teacher of like, yes, yes. Right. like we're gonna and like, then, yeah, yeah. Well, because he says like he's like sleep is not death. We're thinking. We're like breathing. We're doing all this stuff. Right. You can like meet your dead grandma. You can do. You can. You know, be wherever you need to be, and it, like that, I was already like awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. But then he's like, he's like, you'll wake up with pages, and then he grabs Brody, and he's like, you'll wake up with a hangover, and it's just like yeah. <laughs> Brody just like sort of smiles, and it's like <laughs> it, it is very just like the presence of someone who yeah. is uh, you know very knowledgeable and mm-hmm. like has this 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 casual air about him, and it, right. that little joke that he just has to take is like very. Uh, you know, emblematic of that to yeah. me, and I, I and yeah. Defoe, he's he's just so good. Like he's such yeah. a comforting in those, presence like, in it. Few oh, moments, you very much get like, oh, it's really important to this community that this guy yes. is around. Yes. yes, he's yeah, he's great. He um, so that that scene where everyone snaps into the like how, how to yeah. how to be asleep that, and then the the final like moment of yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep in repetition are so emblematic of every kind of like acting environment yes. theater environment mm-hmm. i've ever been in in ways it's that like Meisner. get carried it a lot <laughs> yeah it's very, yeah. yeah well okay so that's that's um i am thinking like of like how things like snl have parodied that shit so much but also there's a degree of truth to, to when they do it because like snl is all a bunch of like theater freaks and stuff but it's yeah it's it's kind of hard to mess that thing up uh as long as you're not playing it as disingenuous or like or or mocking because you have to like because it's such a private thing to be in it like in a theatrical environment and i mean like, it's yes. the difference between performance and creating like andy was saying earlier like the performance the final thing is what you see and but then there's everything you had to go through to actually make it and so like andy you were saying meisner right like the repetition yeah. like over right. and over again they, but they talk about burning the hand it reminded me of um so um, I'm sort of like hot cool on on Barry, which just ended. But there's something brilliant sure. about which I, I, I don't remember who watches it, so I'm not going to spoil it. But like the sure. the season three finale, 
um, is covered head to t- like people were like oh the show kind of got away from acting exercises yada yada but like that whole episode the season three finale has characters repeating shit all over um, the place which is like what acting is like trying to convince yourself that you are something or, or at least that you can convincingly play something and so that final like you can't you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep is like almost feels like they're trying to convince someone of, of you know Jesse had a great explanation for this earlier but I, right. I love yeah. that and then there's the messiness of the like Okay, I'm gonna on on the count of three. You're all gonna like, like this. The way it used to happen for me is like you'd be an animal or like some shit, or you'd be old. So like on the mm-hmm. count of three, you're all gonna show me what that looks like, and they all yeah. just do it. And a lot of them are just like, and then someone who I think is Fisher Stevens in the front just gets up and does like a sleep- yeah <laughs> sleepwalking, yeah, yeah and, right, yeah. And it's like we don't get to see that stuff a, a lot when you're like translating theater to film because. Um, film is not about sh- always showing you the process. The process well, right. Yeah. yeah and, um, but theater is. And so he, he blends those two so well. And Colin, you were talking about Tony Revolori a few minutes ago. The, the shot that I think is maybe my favorite shot in Wes Anderson's career is when Tony Revolori and Benicio Del Toro top out. When, um, when, yeah. when Tony Revolori is sitting there, Benicio Del Toro comes up, puts his hands on his shoulder, I think. And he walks out and I'm like, anyone else would just cut to Benicio anyone else but he in that moment he wants to show you this like the way like these two guys are playing the same character he like kisses him on the head right yeah no that's what it is yeah and it's my favorite shot I can't remember what happens but I love that and this feels like it has so many elements of that it really as much as we talk as much as people talk about like Wes's artifice or like emotional hollowness whatever which I think is I think is um, I think is unfair. Um, yeah. but we don't. I don't have time to get into. Here's yeah. why you should love Wes Anderson. You do or you don't. But he has really pulled the curtains away so much the last like ten years. I want to say to the point where he, he wants to show you how all this shit is made. You can't see the strings on the on the Roadrunner marionette, but I bet I bet you could if you really looked. Like I I bet they're there. Sure. And I I love that, and sure. I love that he wants to invite you into that process. I mean, and it dates back to Rushmore. Like, it's all about him making these plays that are, you yeah. know, the, the, the play at the end is so extreme in its setting. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's so, so much good. that I didn't remember about Rushmore where it's, like, uh, you know, it's got all its sort of, uh, uh, here's what month it is. And it's, like, mm-hmm. on red curtains. And then the curtains pull back and then you get the scene. And they do that a bunch. They, there's there's obviously so much that he's doing in Rushmore yeah. that, uh, that echoes uh, yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, yeah, and but, I... Yeah, go ahead. No, please. I was going to go on something else. Sure. And I do feel like... I feel like I talked about this a little bit in the Frantacular. Like, <laughs> you really do feel like that no matter how small the collaborator, like, Wes Anderson really values, like, every single person who works on his film's input. Yeah. Like, I feel like you... Like, even, like, the closing credits, I feel like, have more care taken mm-hmm. in, like, really, like, highlighting people who, like, helped him make this thing together, like, yeah. than, than normal closing credits do. And, like, I talk, yeah. I've, I've talked about, like, how, like, how he gets, like, these incredible, like, wonderful, like, huge actors for, like, tiny bit parts because of, like, how great I mean, it must yeah. feel to, like, be the Scar center Joe of a Wes Anderson. On this. Yeah. Right. How, how great it yeah. must be to be the center of a Wes Anderson frame even for, like, a couple of shots. Yeah. And, like, how much he must value the collaboration yeah. no matter how small of an, Im- like, of a of a, of, of a um, impact you're making. Like, yeah. Well, you really yeah. do feel that. I, the yeah. thing I was thinking about where I... There's so many people in these last two Wes Anderson movies that I was just like maybe even out on. Like 
Yeah. Corell is a person where I'm just like, yeah. what the hell has Corell done yeah. decently right. in a, such and a long time? was like wow. a last-minute replacement yeah. for Murray. Because like it was Murray yeah. got Murray, COVID and Murray, Murray, Murray got COVID. I, I have heard the COVID thing is a cover for sure. him dropping out because of the Aziz stuff. Yeah. But like it, it's I'm, one, yeah. it's yeah. one of the two. I, I believe both. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah. I yeah I don't believe that. No, they I think that after too. dispatch, I think he was uninsurable. Yes, I think that after dispatch, um, I love Bill Murray, but he should maybe not be in anymore because he got the most yeah. fitting coda at the end of French Dispatch that he could possibly yeah. have. Which um, this would have maybe been the thing to do is just give him like a comedy relief bit, and I'm sure he would have been yeah. good. But oh, yeah. I'm glad it's yeah. Carell. I you know I mean Carell is and uh, like Emilio, you were just saying like to go back to it like. Cranston is like this is what he's yeah. made for, man. I mean, he is like, yeah. I, I, it, he's great. Winfish I mean, his other... away from a last flag flying. Oh my god, yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> hey. Um, oh, Timmy he... with a good time. But imagine you're like, imagine you're like Hope Davis, and like I would say most people know you because you played Iron Man's mom in a flashback at this point, or most young people know you from that. And sure. you give her like or a great scene with Scarlett. Uh, Sandy Furness. Yeah. Or, yeah. Exactly. Um, a lot of so. I, I was thinking about this during the Succession finale. I was just like, every single one of these actors could be in a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> like, everybody mm-hmm. in Succession could be a Wes Anderson. It could be in a Wes Anderson. Yep. Yep. Um, it's, all, it's just a matter of time, I feel. Um, yeah. Like, J. Smith Cameron yeah. should be in one of these really... You should know. bring back Cox. Uh, yeah, yeah, Cox is God. so good in Rush. Oh Moore. my God, he's so funny. <laughs> he's so good. God. Um, he's one of the worst uh, students we've got. Yeah. He's so funny. Um, another small performance that I think is very good. Ethan Josh Lee as Ricky. Yes. Jones. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really stands out. Yeah. Um, I'll take it all the he, way to the Supreme Court. Yeah. His out. His sort <laughs> yeah. of outburst yeah. at the government, and yeah. like what he does uh, when he pack. calls the, the friend. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a. It, he's a great character. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, now that we've talked about the other four of the kids, I'll say that I well, saw sure. Sophia Lillis in oh, Heroes sure. of the Fourth Turning oh, uh, wow. last fall, yeah. which was great because like she. Her character, the character she's playing in that is, like, at a, like, uh, reunion of mm-hmm. college students. So she's playing, like, 35. And so I was yeah. like, is she just playing younger than she is here? And it's like, no, mm-hmm. she's, like, 21 now. She was just playing old in that. She play. has not really uh, registered for me until this year because I think she's also quite good in the, the yeah. surprisingly great D&D movie. Um, she's very good in that. She's, really good she's all right in that. I I think I've said that I only think Michelle Rodriguez is good in that movie. Um, but she's she's in uh, she's got the Dustin Guy Dufault movie that's uh-huh. her in uh, Sarah and Hannah Gross that's coming out in August. I'm excited right. to see that. Yeah. Um, uh, you guys might. I don't know if we've really talked about here. Maya Hawk, who I had. Not. Oh, she's I don't great. Think I'd ever. Yeah, I, like we mentioned her. I don't think I had seen her in a movie before this, so I was just like, I've oh, seen whatever. Her I guess thing. Maya Hawk's also in it. And like, yeah, she's great. Really? I, yeah. I'd seen her in Fear Street, the first one. That is the yes. only thing I'd ever seen Maya Hawk in. She's, she is, um, uh, Stranger Things is below her pay grade. She's, she's good in it, but it's, I, I yeah. Sure. Oh, shit. Sure. Um, that's, that's what the thing is. Yeah. Um,. You guys might be able to hear my my baby in the back. He uh, he just got back from his uh, his outing. Um, okay. Yeah. We yeah. can. We, uh, we should wrap up. We can up, wrap I think. up. I, it's, 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 yeah. I, I could talk about this for. I also just like missed you guys, but I I could talk sure. about this movie for <laughs> so fucking long. I really just yeah. Love it. There's yeah. it's a lot going on. I'm sure we'll continue to talk yeah. about it throughout the year. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's. I mean, right. 
I'm, ex- I'm excited to hear what other people can continue to say about it. I think, yeah. you know, like I said, it's one that you are compelled to revisit. So I'm sure I will you know, revisit it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, our friend, uh, you know, a uh, friend of the show, Kevin, <laughs> uh, <laughs> last year remarked that Armageddon Time, James Gray's film, was one of the uh, movies that inspired the best writing and, like, conversation yeah. uh, that year. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Asteroid City already it's just like it's a it's a great yes. one to discuss and it's like it's yeah. it's a rare thing to have like so much to say you know yeah, yeah. Really there are pieces like... there are pieces on asteroid city i've read like uh i think Na- adam Naiman's piece for the mm-hmm. ringer which is like not completely positive on the movie he has issues right. with it, but i yes. think it's a very yes. good and interesting piece on yes on i think um i think bill this piece was which i was told not to read until after the movie yes. really dives so well into why all these things blend so well together mm-hmm. the um and i and i was glad i read it like an hour before we started recording it was like this is mm. such good writing. it really has inspired like excellent um writing and conversation it's hard to um, imagine what he could do next. I mean, I, we we know he's doing he's doing um, this movie that's he's doing with Sarah. I don't know if it's like actually been like talked about much, um, but it is a um, father daughter movie with Sarah as the lead, and I am very, I I am excited to see what they can do together because I think that's gonna be a great pairing. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we yeah. we haven't talked about the. We, right. we found out that uh, Henry Sugar is it's a backwards Buster Scruggs because yeah. <laughs> it was built it was billed by Netflix as uh-huh, it's going to be an anthology films, right, yeah. and then they ended up being like no it was always one movie whereas this one they they were like he's making a movie for us called yes. the wonderful story of Henry Sugar and he's like no it's a series of short films I don't know if yeah. this will stick but I had heard that that was a little bit of a small act situation where you can watch it as a feature well you can't watch small axe as a feature sure. but it's like you could watch it like a buster scruggs or you could watch it like a small axe and and they'll it'll either be like all one thing or um because the official title of the book is the wonderful story of henry sugar and and right and six more others or whatever six and six more, more. Right. thank you mandy um, yeah, i have it right behind you, you. you can go grab it if you want me to very clear he's like yeah henry we sugar is like longish but like 37 yeah. minutes yeah. and then there's uh several other shorts right. i'm excited that he's adapting okay. something again there's I think he's yeah good at yeah. it um there's I would some love interesting stuff in that one there's one that's about yeah. like shooting a swan that's really dark um yeah uh yeah interesting to see what that is yeah. yeah. Just well, so you guys yeah. know, I had the air off this whole time because the air yeah. picks uh-huh. up on mic yeah. really strongly in my house. Yeah. Um, and when you get my file, you're gonna see the air just kick in. Off. Right. Yeah. Well, sure. we're okay, we're wrapping up. Let's do special yeah. presentations. Oh yeah. Um, uh, who wants to start? Anyone? I'll just I'll go. go. For, oh, oh go please ahead, go go. It. No 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 no. All right, I've got uh, a trilogy. We've got three episodes that we're coming up. So I'm I've got the Harrisburg trilogy. I'm gonna start off with. Uh, so we've got the uh, the nice light introduction to the trilogy here. I'm gonna specially present uh, a pretzel with everything bagel seasoning on it. Sure. I had heard of this before. Like, I think they have it at the Alamo where I had to go to see this for the first time. And I was like, that's maybe a little too much. And then we got it at this restaurant in Harrisburg and it is just so good. Yeah. Because like, and part of it is like, you don't, 
you know, just like any everything bagel is going to be pretty good. Like, you can just mm. get one from Panera and it's good. But, like, you very rarely get the opportunity to get a nice, warm bagel. Yeah. And when they serve you a pretzel, they're going to be serving it to you warm. And so you get that with everything. It's that so sounds great. Good. I love everything bagel seasoning mm. is great. It's great. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those things that we all do. It's sort of like having its bacon moment mm-hmm. where we all do <laughs> love it, but we don't need to, you know, yeah, or exactly. a pumpkin spice moment even. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's good. It's great even. We all agree. <laughs> we do not need to <laughs> stake our personalities on the fact that we like everything bagels. Yeah, um, which is why I think I was a little skeptical of no, the, it's a great uh, plug. the premise. But yeah, yes. great. Yeah. I mean, I, I love... Uh, soft pretzel so much. Mm-hmm. Pretzel and cheese yeah. are the best movie yeah. theater snack. Yeah. Oh, that uh, was the oh, other yeah. nice thing is that they they serve you want both cheese and mustard, but often the cheese is going to overwhelm the mustard because either the mustard's just like there's not much going on, mm-hmm. or it's like really sharp, which is nice, but you don't want much of it. This one was a pretty sharp mustard, but it also had some honey in it, and so mm-hmm. yep, really, that's key. It that's was really perfect. Good. Um. Oh. The uh, uh, yes, um, I was just gonna talk about pretzels a lot more. <laughs> uh, we'll do it. In a, maybe, we'll do it in tomorrow's cold open. <laughs> yeah. I, I maybe have talked about this movie in a special presentations before, but it is one that I thought of a lot while watching uh, Asteroid City, uh, and it's Joe Dante's Matinee, yeah, uh, which has similar, God. you know, stylistic. It's a, uh, it's dealing with um you know, uh, 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 nuclear bombs and, like, mm-hmm. uh, living near, like, a military base producing them. Right. Uh, and, a, and, like, a desertish town. Um, but then there's also the element of the magic of the movies <laughs> in that where John Goodman is, like, I forget um, who he's based on. Uh, uh, the Tingler, what's that horror movie? Um, oh, yeah. It, it, um. It, it's William Castle um, is his name, the, uh, the the real guy who would like put up like fake bats or like mummies or whatever to like have sure. people sign waivers to like uh, scare people, and right. that's uh, John Goodman's character mm-hmm. is like a, a peddler. But then there's also this very uh, touching and like straightforward played uh, child romance between our main kid and like uh, a girl at school who's like angry about the, the government and like uh the bomb and worried about these things that we all that everyone was worried about uh, yeah and the way that it handles it is really uh graceful and even like matt Dillon reminds me of uh that uh uh what's the guy dick um dick miller is that his name yeah yeah, dick miller, yeah. All the Joe Don- yeah yeah it, it, it's it's sort of that type character you just you said know, the like, name of the documentary about him that guy dick miller <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think a great a great movie in its own right, and also a great yes. companion piece to this. Yeah. Andy Emilio. Um, I have two quick things. One, uh, I would just would like to shout out because this is a uh, episode on a new popular release that I suspect will get a lot of listens. Uh, if you haven't listened to our episode from last week, um, I would really like to just encourage people to go do that. I was very. Uh, proud of what we were able to put together with that episode with my old friend Emily on uh, the, both the current writer strike and the film Norma Ray, and I think it's worth listening yes. to. 
Um, Great episode. Thank you. Uh, uh, second, <laughs> uh, I saw um, I saw all that jazz on the big screen. We've talked about this movie in depth, um, but I got to see it uh, at my at the you know the local rep house, which is attached to the George Eastman House, George Eastman Museum. Uh, it was introduced, and uh, there was a Q and A with Sean Belston, who worked on the restoration with like. Uh, f- f- the cinematographer um, and, and all that, and so he told some great stories. And I do think, like, it was my first time seeing that movie. One of my, you know, basically my favorite movie on the big screen. And uh, you know, always always worth doing that. Uh, if a movie you yep. love is playing mm-hmm. on the big screen, go see it. Uh, that's what I got, Emilio. So, I've actually been watching and uh, reading a couple of things. But I did lock myself into plugging something that I had uh, written in the group chat on the spoiler bars right. earlier this week. So uh, my plug this week is I didn't I didn't open yeah. it. You told us not to. I right? read it before I read anything else, so <laughs> I know this. My plug I saw this week spoiler bars and clicked. Is uh, go ahead, go ahead, go oven ahead. roasted chicken. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been cooking for myself a lot lately, and I've been uh, you know just making a lot of different stuff. Not mm-hmm. really being that adventurous with. Uh, recipes because i don't have a lot of ingredients at home and i've been sort of too busy to go get some uh so it's basically just like cooking a lot of protein and we didn't have an oven in my house for a long time well we had like a stove but the oven broke and Mm -hmm. it took a long time for us to get an oven so i had not just like made oven roasted chicken at home and boy does it is it just a very easy thing that just hits just a nice little chicken thigh mm-hmm. that ooh buddy that awesome just, herb that just, and herbs on there yeah yeah just like some seasoning some herbs and uh it's like a little pink on the oh, just uh, whoa oh, <laughs> maybe not thighs are a little pink <laughs> <laughs> i guess i meant like brown i guess i meant like dark yeah. meat sure, sure. It, no, yeah i know what you meant <laughs> <laughs> you order the chicken breast rare and everyone's like uh, guy yeah <laughs> Yeah, I forgot to turn on the oven. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oven experienced chicken? I just set yes. it in there, pull it out 30 minutes later. <laughs> yeah, when you turn on the light, that's what's turning on the oven. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just, uh, it was really good and I really liked it. And so shout outs to Oven Roasted Chicken. Yeah. Okay. I'll plug what the other thing they've been watching some other episode. Yeah. And then, Deck, if you have anything you don't have to. Um, I so I've mostly been like I, I haven't really watched a lot in the last couple of weeks. Um, my my baby relaxation activity is is Tears of the Kingdom right now. But I do want to shout out a book that I started reading a couple of weeks ago. It's a book that's been on my list for a long time, and I finally it was finally on sale on my Kobo. So um, shout out Kobo, shout out. Um, love Kobo. Yeah, um, the book is called Meet Me by the Fountain by Alexandra Lang Lange. I think it's Lang actually, um, L A N G E, and it is a it's like a cultural history of the of the mall, and it Whoa. is just one of the most relaxing things I've read. I love the mall. Like I I could go on about the mall, and people are surprised to hear that sometimes, um, because I I I don't I don't know why I don't know what about me is is anti of what seems anti mall. It's too commercial, um, man. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I, I really love, like, I mean, I, every year, you guys know this, I, I, every year I make, like, a, a massive, like, holiday mix and share it with people, um, and, like, I love commerce, I love commercialism, it, like, runs our lives, and it's, it's, 
it's it's flawed and crazy yeah. but i love it and uh it's it's built our world um and this is like really such a cool dive into like why the mall became such a phenomenon to people um how it might be dying slowly um for obvious 100%. reasons yeah and yeah. it's just like you like you just don't go fucking hang out at the mall anymore and and it's a really but it's it's really soothing um, and great. And then there's a, a game I want to shout out real quick that I've been playing to sort of offset the stress of Zelda. Um, and this game is like a it's it's an it's a sprite game from a couple years ago. Um, it's like a side scrolling like beat 'em up, but it's it's not really that. It's called The Friends of Ringo Ishikawa. And I'm just gonna read the plot of this game because it's both like a like a River City Ransom like Double Dragon fighting game, but also a high school gang leader, Ringo Ishikawa trying to live through his last autumn before graduation period with his best friends and a lot of it is just like walking around these like these environments just like looking at lakes and stuff and then guys will show up and get in a fight with you but it's really soothing and good um and it's always cheap on on switch or steam or whatever you uh whatever you play on um really calming i think the only person here who would like it is emilio but still it's like so um it's 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 been a good like Oh, Lewin's up at three AM and he just got back to sleep, but I can't sleep. What am I gonna do? Activity. Yeah. Which, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And my other Always thing a is, good um, bet that I won't like a video game. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then my other thing is um is I've been listening to the Asteroid City soundtrack on a loop. So That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fre- that song I, Freight Train, which I didn't know before, is fucking great. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I w- would love to have time to play video games right now. <laughs> It's my my uh, time is between the baby and playing video games. I guess I work some too, but that's all. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, well, with that, thank you again, Jack, for being yes, on. Always a pleasure to have you. Anything personal uh, you want to plug while you're yes, here? Yes. Any social media that you want to point anyone to? Um, I'm on Twitter somewhere. Um, I forget sure. the name. I'm on Blue Sky now, but I don't use it. Um, Whoa, Jack! I gotta I follow really, you on Blue Sky. You did. Of course, you're on Blue Sky. Um, I. Um, <laughs> Um, I am too. I don't know why I said. Of course, you're on Blue Sky. Um, no, it's I don't think it, no, I don't think. I don't think I have anything. Find a charity that you really like and donate to them. And um, of course, um, I'll tell you guys what. I really one day would love to do a sequel to the Alice and Williams episode. I don't know with who. I don't know what actor. Yeah, but that was a lot yeah. of fun. I still think about that. We, we've we've we. I think we've uh, we've sort of have tried to brainstorm it a little bit. I don't think we've landed on anybody, yeah. but one it's got to be there. like the right person, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but I, credit to you all, obviously like I wasn't part of that, but mm-hmm. we were early on the wave of Allison Williams. Yeah. It was yeah. pre Megan. It was yeah. pre her comeback. Pre her being pre on the CBB sort of girls that time, which was when she was. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. the, the <laughs> Renaissance that girls is having right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we sort of, you know, called the shot. I assume when we all I love Sharp Sticks. I believe it's in the show's history. It starts still, when we all love Sharp Stick. Right? I believe it's still our pinned tweet. The uh, the list of directors. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow! She, she's welcome on the podcast. Oh, absolutely! And now she likes doing podcasts. She was on Jake and Amir's podcast back in 2013. So oh, sure. yeah, she's always ago. loved it. Um, but no, that's it. Thank you guys. So this is a good. Um, I'm about to yeah. go do. 
an event with my baby um and awesome. uh, baby yeah. event. Well, well so he was in the nicu for a couple <laughs> of weeks and they invited us for like a reunion and i was feeling a little like do i want to go to mm-hmm. this and nicu is for those of you who don't know is where your babies go if there's something going on when they're born so he couldn't come sure. up for a couple weeks oh i um, i did think you said navy and we're doing it <laughs> no that would suck um but i like i made peace with it i'm just like no this is actually all i get to see these nurses again um and thank him for helping my baby and stuff so it's gonna be nice nice you know? great yeah, I'd like to put well, being a dad. Be a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll have to look into that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, if you want to follow any of the podcast social media accounts, we're on Twitter at Can I Kick It. We're on Letterboxd and Instagram at CIKI Pod. We're on TikTok at Can I Tick It. Uh, we, if you want to email us anything, you can at Can I Kick It Pod at Gmail If you want to donate any money to us, you can do that at ko-fi.com slash k-n-i-c-a-n-n-e-s-i and then if our theme song is by True Related who's on Spotify and SoundCloud at True Related and if you want to follow any of the four of us on Twitter Andy's Andy T. Germ or I'm Clatchley uh-huh. uh huh Emilio's I'm Laugh Alone and Jesse is JCP Click Weber with two B's and with that I will release our audience. Bye. 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 Bye.